Episode 253, that's me, Gary P, and of course, it's the Prof, it's Carl Riley. A belated on-air happy birthday to you, Gary. Oh, thanks very much, Prof. What a feeling, Prof. Mm-hmm. Uh, turning 35, and finally scoring a goal from open play. I didn't get any invites, any party around, but I'm over, I'm over, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Nobody wants to celebrate with me, Prof, you didn't miss yeah. much. Also, happy birthday to me, McCarthy, um, that was Tuesday. So, still proving the gaff wrong every year. <laughs> Most morbid conversation ever. <laughs> uh, of course, Ocean Electric and Leicester Credit are still our sponsors. And um, we thank them for all their support. So, prop this game, we talk about Ferenc Varos and Cork Games Atala. And the famine came to an end. The drought. And the drought. And we have another edition of the Tifties Hotline. Do you know this is actually the first Tifties Hotline? Actually, have a guess. Since... When was the last time we did the hotline? What do you think? Um, was it? Oh god, maybe three months ago. Because it used to be monthly, like yeah. strictly monthly. A three, a three uh, months ago now, I think. Yeah, May eighteenth. May eighteenth, prof. Fine, yeah. Uh, we feedback to the ultras. Uh, Albert Boy, our resident sewer. Thanks for the mention about the sewing machine, Rui Dunster. Some great memories in there. We spent making displays. Drinking with the Avellino lads in Rome. Good times. And thanks to East and Paul for making it happen. Um, Albert would have been... I can only imagine... It's like a workshop. Putting the <laughs> displays and the TVOs together. Uh, we spoke about that at length last week. And Willie Condon listening to this one on a flight this morning. Really enjoyed it. Excellent work. And we have GW on Twitter. Savage Podcast. Some great points brought up. about going forward and improving the fan culture around the stand. And uh, the Forky complaints, which there was plenty. Yeah, I uh, you were saying, Gareth, a lot of people said, yeah. <laughs> One person threatened to turn it off. He was interrupting so much. He, uh, what people didn't see is how much, how well you did to control it from stopping it from being worse. Yeah. Because the hand went up. Uh, so it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, but thanks everyone for all the comments. Um, yeah, so 2 0 loss, French Barros in the second leg. And we went out of. Europe prof um we I think we started we started a lot better and um, uh, before we went to the game um yeah nothing compared to your display from the ultras there from, yeah from, great uh, stuff again yeah so uh I missed both of these games there Thursday and Sunday with my third bout of COVID what's the strain called now area I think or something like that's called ah <sighs> Apparently, I'm just going to get whatever annual strain there is. This one, not the every year. Isn't it? 
This one probably was the worst. Yeah, it was three days. Uh, it wasn't. I wasn't feeling so good. What were the symptoms, Prof? Just so we ah, can. the usual. Usual. The cold. The coughing. Uh, but just a general feeling of like I was hit by a truck. Yeah. And it's I not cold. Just did not want to get out of bed for at least a couple of days. Um, but also more importantly, the hundred percent record is gone in the league. I think I'm just going to give up because. This is the third year in a row I've got caught, but it just cost me. Those those are excluded. I think they're excluded. You're allowed. You're li- literally not allowed. So. You're either at the game or you're not. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're being harsh on yourself, Prof. Uh, an absolute bastard of a thing. <laughs> so, the bo- Prof, the game itself. Um, yeah, so... A very different team. We should mention as well that East Ham were clo- was closed for both games. Uh, Thursday and Sunday. Uh, due to uh, low ticket sales. You can understand Thursday, second leg, 4-0 down, Sunday, all the factors, bank holiday, you know you're playing. Yeah, I think there is a, there's a lot to it, um, we won't go too deep into it, but mm. we, we could do better, we could do better, unfortunately. So, it was the same ref, and I think did Cam Murphy point us out, same ref as when we won in Noisen 2017, yeah. with the Shawsy goal. Uh, so I was watching at home on LOI TV. And I was saying to you, Gary, I don't think I'd logged into the thing since the President's Cup. But, um, yeah, we started with great intent. So, uh, yeah, good start. Like, even the second minute, we had a chance from Sean Gannon. So we were making chances in the first 10, 15. Yeah, and um, it was it was more... We were just looking for a moral victory. And I was very... Mm. I, loved, I loved Bradzer's comments before. He was pretty much saying, listen... We probably won't go through here, you know. He was he was very very mm. honest about it. It was a rerun from last year. We yeah. wanted to win the game. Yeah, refreshing to hear from him. But mm. the game itself, bit of a non-event, but good to see some younger academy products. You could say getting getting a run out and um, Zacharyson on thirty minutes, prof one nil. Yeah, we should mention the team. Yeah, just like we had Cruz and Noonan starting, so we obviously had two young players there and. Surprisingly, Gannon got a start. Um, and like I said, Gannon did have the chance early on. Uh, Kenny had a chance on 13 minutes uh, after Gannon hit, had, hit, had hit the crossbar on yeah. the rebound. So, two chances for Gannon. Any other day um, that goes in, you know, just, it just wasn't with us. The look isn't with us at the minute. Like Yeah, and this carried on into Cork. It was like the first 20 minutes of that game, you were like, the ball just won't go in. It just won't go in, yeah. Uh, it reminds me of the song from the RDS, because uh, we went seven games out of the goal right before Alan O'Neill and Terry, Terry Everson came in. That was a drought ended by Derek Tracy, but it was, uh, it was like, we'll score again. Don't know where, don't know when. But I know we'll score again some sunny day. <laughs> so, so yeah, thirty-one minutes, car. Yeah, yeah. So Zacharyson, um, scrappy one, prof. Yeah, lucky takes a couple of affections, goes in, and very much against the run of play. This goal, um, but it, it, it's happened a few times in Europe, hasn't it? like the first we started well in Iceland, they scored. We started well in Hungary. Remember the Burt chance? They, yeah. they scored. And you ran through the minutes that we conceded yeah. previously as well, which is damning. Well, this, in this case, it wasn't. Uh, we won't get into the what is an early goal debate, but uh, it wasn't the first 20 anyway. Um, Matty O'Dowd won the golden goal. Poor Merrill, denied by three seconds. Yeah, Matty, Matty, um, Matty, the first time in like a year doing it, just swans in, takes the golden goal. 
walks off walk into the sunset. So at some stage, I think during the night, we uh, we found out that we would have been playing Spartans from Malta. Obviously, we knew we weren't, but that's who French Virus are going to go on to play. Um, our crowd was, I think I said 3,500, no more than that. Yeah. And it was 3,737. So slightly better than I actually had hoped for. Still all yeah. money in the bank as well. It's all it's all cash when you think about it. So yeah, you got the Sinead O'Connor halftime playlist. Yeah, expected that one. <laughs> um, I thought they'd make make a raft of changes because they were playing on Sunday as well. But I think they only made like one halftime sub. Mm. Um, great video boy Mooner in the chat. Do you remember that thing? I can't remember what league it was from, but the. Uh, their te- the team hadn't scored for ages and ages and ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the fans behind the goal have the arrows, <laughs> and then the ball will go over to the left, and they'll all run over to the left with the arrows and point towards the the net. I don't uh, think we were at that level of uh, <laughs> desperate. He was like, "This yeah. will be us in the second half in the front of the south stand." But um, yeah, like I said, Noonan got a start in this game. Um, I'm still not like a hundred percent on what he's gonna. What position and what he's going to bring to the team exactly? But yeah. from what I've seen, he, he's very comfortable on the ball. Like he's both footed. Yeah. So and with Cruz as well. So it's yeah. It all depends if they're ready for a league run in where it's possibly one of the most important years of the club domestically. Yeah. You know, is it right to just throw them in there? It's a very very tough decision. And this was a great game to get them involved and like, get the minutes and get a look at them. More than anything. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually going to say in the show, first person to call the 10 cup finals, I'm going to shoot. And sure enough, someone sent it to us on Insta. I've read that a few times now and I hate <laughs> it. I think uh, Gary O'Neill said it as well in the new oh, dimly God. lit interviews, which are very cool. The Insane Asylum. I like that. I like the Insane <laughs> Asylum. It's very dimly lit. It's moody. You know what I mean? I was yeah. I was expecting Brad's out to just kind of take out like a, a mouth organ and just start playing <laughs> some acid jazz Graham, Graham, I like that. I'm fascinated by Graham's backgrounds because he's doing so many of these interviews. I was talking to him about it. He was like, yeah, I'm doing so many of these. I want to have different backgrounds. That like, was very cool. I like that, but like, that's what uh, you want. Something a little bit creative, something a little bit different. Like, did you see the clip with, with Barry Murphy? I interviewed him. Uh, it's on YouTube there for people interested. And the background, it was... I think it was, you know where the, the space used to be before you went into the Glimmelor suite? Yeah. And so it's like through the window, so you can see the stadium in the background, which yeah, is fitting yeah, because he's yeah. talking about playing the first game of Talat and all that. Um, so I'm interested in Graham's background. So just a couple of notes and chances. Second half, um, we've probably been critical of Watts, and we probably will be thrilled to show again because he gave the ball away a lot. I think it was three in a row at one stage. A lot in this game, but he actually did make a great chance in this match brilliant work he played it into Kenny but Kenny just couldn't get a shot away so what was excellent that moment yeah. uh, Pauls actually had a very good game again touched a shot onto the bar um, that was a literal fingertips I can't even I watched the replay and I'm struggling to see where the tip is it's so faint but, but we know Barry's going to give him that one <laughs> yeah. the goalkeeper's union real yeah. force the atmosphere like I said I wasn't there Gar, but it was probably like as, as flat as you would expect Given the the score line and we're getting beaten and everything. Yeah, but you have to give a big tip of the hat to the ultras as well because they are there all the time. And I think the ultras show was ultimately the timing of it 
I, I, I did sense some negativity towards the group and towards the atmosphere. So the timing of it was to kind of give an insight on what they do, how they go about themselves and why they're there. And I'm hoping that people look at it and think, okay, they're there to create an atmosphere. Get involved. Don't stand back and criticise. They're the mm. ones standing there trying to get the atmosphere and trying to urge the team on. So you need to get involved with them instead of standing back with your arms folded and criticising. That's the main point I wanted to get out there. So they're there every every game. I enjoy that. Fair enough, it might not that. be yeah. great. It might not be up to your standards, but get involved then. Don't just stand back. I thought that was a fascinating part of the Ultras interview, actually. Yeah, I enjoyed that part. So they got their second goal, Gary. Yeah, in ninety minutes, Ryan, me, uh, me, 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 me. He was. Um, I think it's just me. Is it? His brother plays centre half. This is this is the brother, is it, or this was this the striker who scored? I didn't even write down his so, first name. Anyway, ninety minutes, goal goes in. Stone, Stone said, "I, uh, I, I didn't see this one. <laughs> I was making the dinner prop, so I can't, <laughs> even, I can't even say it." I don't think I can remember the goal either. <laughs> yeah, I had to get up and get the stakes were on at this stage, so I got up towards the end of it and I, I didn't even see it. So it was just it was just one of those games. Bit of a non-event at this point. Yeah. Um, not our biggest ever aggregate defeat. Um, we lost. Uh, what was it? Nine two to Manchester United. That wasn't the biggest either. The biggest was Garnick eight nil over two legs. So yeah. And I think I put this in the chat. I said, we are living in a world where a Faroe Islands team are three goals better than a team that is six goals better than us. It's easy to be... See, that's the thing. You can't just judge by what league they're in. or they're, I know coefficients there for a reason, but like, look what that Faroe's team are doing now. Like that's It's probably an anomaly. It'll probably never happen again, but look what they're doing. Like, Breedablick scored three goals in Copenhagen. I doubt we would have went there and scored three goals in the current form that we're in. Nope. So um, it it's it's a crazy crazy thing that's going on in the Faroes at the minute. We were we were keeping an eye on it. Like the goal that that won that game yesterday in Mole are in they were in Torshavn as well. So they weren't even in their home stadium, and they won two one against Mole. Now it depends when that's they go back to Norway to play the game, but it's insane. That's an unbelievable result. It's no matter what now, it's a massive. That's massive two success. teams last season, Ferencvaros and Mold, who we accepted are just levels above us. Yeah, and they've gone and beaten well, one leg Mold. They've gone and beaten both of them. Yeah, and they've beat the, these are hundred percent part-time players. One hundred percent, twenty-two Faroes in the squad. Fishermen and electricians. Fishermen and electricians. Nothing against the trade, ocean electrical, um, but their whole day is not dedicated to football their day is dedicated split between their full time profession and their football training I just want to jump into the future and like there's obviously something about this team wow it's, it can't just be a coincidence that they're beating these teams I think Arnie Fredrickson is having the season of his life he's got something like goal involvements are up at about 10 maybe 2 goals 2, goal, two braces a couple of assists this guy is on fire are we going to like jump two years are some of these players going to be playing in big leagues in Europe are they just going to be fade away and be forgotten about yeah, was it a yeah. one off Michael O'Neill team spirit sort of thing that's what I was thinking I was thinking he this Magne Jose the champions football manager wonder kid is he just brilliant is he just excellent at what he does he's be able to get them and round them up and rally them and get them the best out of the squad that he has is that the mm. case there are they just really really well drilled and a cute team with a great manager it, 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 time will tell but 
Uh, we move on from our own game anyway, Prof. Well, just some our, final notes. I love in from the Ferroese. Some final notes on Tala after the game. Um, Brazil got a serious show of support at the end from the fans. And like I'm obviously watching the home. That came across to me as well. And I thought that was important. Yeah. And that carried into Sunday, which we obviously got finally got our win. Um, Connor O'Sullivan says, Highlight of the night, Dan Cleary, as in the PA, Getting stopped for pictures from a group of kids who know him as the man on the mic, our very own Bruce Buffer. <laughs> uh, Pigo, starting to look back to his old self care. Yep. From this game. A slight little dip in form past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but um, Pigo's mental strength, I think, is a massive, massive strength for him. It's, it's a major advantage that he has because he knows he's able to analyse things. If you've ever heard him talk, if there's a mistake, he'll know how to rectify it, where to go in the next one. I don't think he ever gets down on little things. So it's been brilliant to see him come back in a big game like that. But unfortunately, Prof, we are out of Europe with a whimper this year. And um, it's a stinger. It is. It's a tough one to take considering our success last year. And you called it. You called it because you said that teams that make the group stages don't necessarily do well the year after. And there is a trend. Well, I said that afterwards. I'm not claiming to have said that before. But in. there is a trend. I don't want to, you don't want to think like that. No, guy. it's going not, in. but it's there. It's, it was lingering. Yeah, it is lingering. Um, you mentioned that Breidabic score there, Gar. Um, 6-3 to Copenhagen. Yeah. They have that there? Yeah, a hat-trick from Ori Oscarsson, son of the Breidabic manager. So I can imagine the dinner table <laughs> um, the day after. But that's once again, these teams are getting it right in the Nordic regions. They have structured schemes to keep kids playing football, they have incentives for parents, I think financial incentives as well, in the realm, whatever way they dish out government money. It's all about getting people playing, and they have football clubs as well, so you play all sports, like Breedablick is a sports club, tennis, whatever else is involved in it. So I think there's a lot to be said for, I think, not copying it, but even mimicking those structures going forward with, with the Irish game, because we are ultimately a, a disaster of a domestic league when you think about it we've never had that long term vision like that thing that the FEI set out recently where they asked for X amount of uh, investment yeah that's the first time I've ever seen an actual plan laid out by the FEI I they've talked about five year plans and strategies and, and all that but I haven't taken it seriously until now I think the end of an era is possibly a good thing at the FEI and we have new Creative genius is hopefully involved and they can bring something forward and, and probably send delegates to different countries and take little bits and pieces. I'm nearly sure that's how the Roadstone might have started as well. I think we took trips to Malmo, took trips to little places with good yeah, academies, yeah. just took bits and pieces and make your own. That's Ultimately, you have to mimic success, you know? That's what you have to do. Yeah. So, uh, any final notes, Prof? No, we have staff, the ever credible here. Yes, the worst July of all time. Four weeks of rain, Rovers shite, price of point hitting the Scandinavian territory as well, with points gone up again, Diageo putting them up again, Prof, getting killed here, you're looking at 7 quid for a point, it's 7.20 for a beer Moretti in the Penny Hill, my local, Ooh, 6.20 for a Guinness, it's 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 hitting, it's going crazy prices at this stage. Are we just gonna, it's just Dublin going to be the new Reykjavik. But we still drink them, no matter what, we still go and we drink them. And we we'll sit there and we'll give out, but something's got to give. So, um, yes, the famine continues. Well, at that point it did, yeah. It yeah. obviously ended afterwards. 
But yeah, so prof, up next we have the Tifties Hotline Part 1. So here's the questions. Deadline. Uh, it was Tuesday at noon, so we had a few late comers, prof. The usual stragglers, but number one. Do you know my favourite person every time is the first is the person who sends a first. Yeah. I, every time someone does that, I'm like, yeah. I love you, buddy. Like. So shout out to Sean Durkin. <laughs> Were you in Reykjavik and or Budapest, and what was the highlight of the trip for you? Number two of all your travels, what was your favourite Rovers in Europe story you were involved in? I am. Um, we've had some brilliant ones, Prof, haven't we? Some something that will never make the airwaves, but just some brilliant, well, brilliant it was moments. A, it was a person-specific question. So some people did give personal stories. Some just said, "Oh, you know." Modena, Hoyer, Lane and all that so people interpret that question differently uh, number three what was your biggest away day mishap domestic or Europe I don't think we've had any, any really I think the windy stairs in Norway was a funny one with us <laughs> yeah. other than that I can't think of any I've certainly other. never had a mishap in Cork or anything so no. question four <laughs> are you a superstitious person give a recent example ideally to do rovers I'm not superstitious in the slightest well I actually said this in the programme that Robbers is starting to turn me superstitious. Yeah, maybe that group is starting to turn me superstitious. Like I'm, a, I'm feel like I'm on eggshells, afraid to say anything. You're almost convincing yourself. <laughs> if I say something, Robbers will lose as a result of this, and then you'll get daggers. <laughs> um, do Robbers need to strengthen the squad, and in what areas? And there's some very good answers here and I think ultimately we do need to strengthen we need to trim and strengthen and there's a lot of nipping and tucking to do we do have a good core but it is it's a question for uh, it's a very it's a very interesting question the wing back area up front obviously the goalkeeper because but in saying that Alan's retiring in saying that when we get everyone back full strength we are a good team but for next year you've got Johnny Kenny going you've got Trevor Clark possibly going back, Alan Manis retiring, Finn in his last year, maybe, Gaffney, we wouldn't know what's going to happen, so there is a lot of questions to look at and assess as a team, isn't there? Jim Conroy, he's not in this part, he's in part two, but he's very level-headed, isn't he? Yeah. He just goes, let's just play the ten games, let's just win the, the four in a row, and then we'll make these decisions. Yeah, yeah, I'm confident with the squad because that we have here. Like this is a test of character. Absolutely. There's no point in making judgments on these players. Can they get this foreigner over the line? Then we'll know who should be kept and who shouldn't. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> 6A, where do you usually listen to Tifty stand after it comes out? And 6B, what were your top three Tifty's interviews in 2023? So far and why? So rank them in 1, 2, 3. <laughs> Mark Turner said this is tougher than the Leaving Cert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number 7, we recently celebrated 250 episodes of the podcast. Predict what the team and the guests will be for Tifty's 500 Due to air in 2029. You gave me this one. This was a great question. Uh, <laughs> I was I, hoping for some funny ones. I enjoyed back at some us. of these answers now, I must say. Um, what are some of your favourite movies and TV series you've seen in the last couple of years? Can be new or old? Prof, we've been... This is something that we always delve into. Um, Hijack is pretty cool. We've been watching that. I'm watching that at the moment. Absolutely love it. That was impressive. Idris Elba is Idris Elba and everything, but he, he gets it over the line. He's yeah. superb. Uh, what else have I watched? I'm just about to start Oppenheimer because I watch everything Killian Murphy does. Yeah, I'll probably see Oppenheimer at the weekend because um, people keep recommending me. Uh, Black um, Mirror. Black Mirror is up there with one of the best TV shows of all time. I, I watched the new season of Black Mirror. Yeah. Um. Some, it was it was a new twist on it as well. It, it was it wasn't the usual sort of technology is bad. It was more of a like a 
celebrity culture it was examination. An, it was a cool twist, like, There wasn't was it? a lot of uh, layers to it. It was actually a very good season. Uh, I just um, finished The Boys Season 3 as well, which I, I think is a fascinating take on... It's like The Avengers 18 plus R-rated. Yeah. It's it's excellent. It's the, really the, good. The boys is brilliant. Anthony Starr um, is worth it alone, just for how passive aggressive he is, <laughs> it, as as Homelander. He, he's a brilliant, brilliant actor. And then there's a show that I've recommended to you. You haven't seen yet, Barry. Um, Watch I, the trailer, and I'm all over it. I am adamant that's the best show. Like, okay, Better Call Saul is in a class of its own the last few years, but other than that. Barry is outrageous. Yeah, so it gave me Dexter vibes when I first watched the trailer. Gave me Dexter so vibes. Yeah. I just thought it was like a, oh, this is a funny, dark comedy. It's like some nice dark humor in it. It's only half hour episodes, easy watch, and then it got really deep. It's like well, so that's what I want. I don't want it to be too comedic. Is it? Is it worth going? And oh man, like yeah. Some of the like the season finales just left me in a heap for days. Like it was just it was. <laughs> An unbelievable show. Uh, number nine. Have you ever been on TV yourself? An advert movie TV extra interviewed on the news. Nah, I stay. I, I'm an introvert. Have you ever in, been on TV, in, Gary intro, Introverted guy. I don't, any I, any bank adverts or? <laughs> I keep my cards close to my chest, prof. Um, are you a big collector of anything? Number ten. Are you a big collector of anything? Jerseys, programs, badges, or even some nerdy non-football memorabilia that may surprise people. Um, I love the program collectors. They keep the tradition alive. They're well needed. Well, uh, I like people are shying away from away ones as well. I've noticed from the buying the away programs as well. I think they're just too too spoiled with the hoopsie and content. <laughs> I think that's it. Everything is just a list below. I've said this many times before. I don't collect programs. I don't know how you could attempt to collect every program. Where would you put them all? The layer is already jammers. There's no way. But books, yes, absolutely. I I set out probably nearly 10 years ago to buy every League of Ireland book and I think I accomplished it I think you do <laughs> I'm looking yeah. at the bookshelf here I don't think there's nothing missing prof. a fine collection yeah. um, um, yes. until we until the last couple of people that sent in their, their voice notes there weren't really any collectors like everyone was saying no I don't collect anything nothing nerdy and then in come Jim Conroy with his scrapbooking and all that there was enough for everything and Stephen Jones scrapbooking his own little movie and TV career. That was ah, interesting. 100%, yeah. Um, so just... So people had to pick their top three interviews from 2023. Yep. Um, I'll just quickly run through what their options were. So January was Darren Dinan. February was Neil Frugia, Jason Carey, Winston meets the Gaffneys. March we had Billy Woods, Anya O'Gorman, Justin Mason, That 70s Show Part 1. April, we had Frank Hopkins. He was the Ring's End. That was an excellent show, yeah. Uh, May, we had Pat Ketty, the former Cork referee. And we had Simon Madden. June, Richard Brush got a lot of votes. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Got a lot of votes in this. Cool guy and brilliant interview, yeah. yeah. A little bit left field. That's that's what I love about. I think people are fascinated because he didn't like football. Um, Joe Hanrahan, Keith Dignam, Gary Purdy and Martin Brennan, Hoops and Hammers. The interview with us by Con Murphy. Got no votes. No. I thought that would get more. Actually. No votes. No one looks us. Um, no, I think someone mentioned it. No, someone mentioned it once. Um, that 70 show part two. Dan Fulham. Got a couple of votes. Guest co-host. Hopefully many more. <laughs> Alan O'Neill and Gary Shaw. That was the ice and preview. McDerrick Ferris. Tifty's 250. Desi Baker. And the most recent one, of course, was Origins of an Irish Ultra. 
Other segments, of course, we had In Memoriam, My Dad. Did two of those. We had two European experts. And we had, uh, I think, five safeties hotlines. So I threw them in as options. Yeah. So, so excellent stuff. So uh, here we go. The first five callers. And you'll hear the other five later on. Hotline. How's it going, lads? Uh, Neil Murray here, farmer. Under 17's coach up in Rovers, uh, lifelong fan, season ticket holder, member holder. My answers this week are question one, I didn't make any of the away European trips this year. Um, my favourite away trip was Ghent last year. We treated it as a family trip, get away and brought, so I brought the missus and the two kids and we travelled with friends doing the same, everything, loved it. And it was the kids' first European trip that's still talked about. Um, number three, while we were away in Ghent, uh, we returned after the match to our apartment, the front door was broken, so we couldn't get in and had to get the police to get us access. Needless to say, while the girls were trying to get us access, me and kid, me and Ed naturally brought the kids to the pub <laughs> until we got access. Um, anyway, we got our money back, uh, we got money back off the people that owned the apartments, so we stayed in Ghent for free, so that was a, that was nice, it was a nice way to get some some money back out of the trip. Uh, number four, now I'm not really a superstitious person, but I got to go, to, but because I go to the games after work, I uh, generally don't have time for stopping off for dinner. Um, so I normally get something up in the stadium and I normally have a burger. Um, but at start of the season, I changed it to the sausage and chips. Um, and as we all know, start of the season wasn't great, four, seven games weren't great. Um, so talking with it with myself and Ed Saul, Ed said, look, you need to go back eating the quarter pounders and they'll stop on the sausage and chips. And needless to say, the night I'd done that, we got our first win against Dundalk. Um, number five, yeah, I do think we need to bring in new players um, in in the forward areas. I don't think Gaffney's legs are going to hold up for much longer going at 100%. And the wings this season, I think we've seen that we've struggled without Ferrugia and Clark there. We don't have the pace for getting forward. But for me, where we've really struggled has been replacing McInef and not having a box-to-box player. So I'd like us to see if we could get somebody in there. Um, number six, I normally listen to, to, to the show either in the car going to and from work or when I'm out walking the dog. And number seven, my three would be in third place was the 70s show part one. Number two was Dan Fulham, and number one for me was the 70s show, part two. Really enjoyed that show, to be fair to you, lads, it was really, really good. Um, number eight, uh, team, team, I don't know, maybe uh, winning the, te- te- maybe the team could be the 10 in a row winning team for that year. Um, number nine, I made the news for our first game back in Tala after COVID. Uh, Samantha actually interviewed me and the young lad and I made it onto, onto the RT News. Um, and 10, I do have a collection of badges from different uh, stadiums and clubs that I've been to. Um, I like to, instead of trying to get programs and stuff for matches I'm at, I'd like to try to get, get, get the badges and the members' badges as well has kind of beefed up that collection. So yeah, lads, they're my answers. Um, really love the show. Keep up the good work. How are you lads? Luke Gallagher here, making me Tifty's debut. Cheers for having us on. I uh, didn't get to do either of the European trips this season, unfortunately. Um, would have loved to do Iceland, but the way it was at work, I wasn't able to get time off until the end of August or September, so I think a weekend down in Cork is, is going to be as good as it gets. Uh, highlights of the two fixtures. 
think Naj is the obvious one, isn't it? Breaking into the into the side and hopefully that's the first of many for him. And then another seven thousand plus crowd in Tala as well. It's mad to think that that's the norm for us now, but it's a pity we won't have any more European nights this season. Um, Favourite Rovers away moment in Europe? I'd have to say Royce or Skull at White Hart Lane. Uh, I think I was 11 or 12 at the time and I was seeing my team play against a Harry Redknapp side with the likes of Modric, Bale, Kane and Codicini in their squad. You know, seeing what, what they've gone in, on to do in their careers, it's pretty cool to look back on. Um. I think it, it changed a lot of people's opinions on the league as well at the time. It showed that it's possible for us to, to qualify for these competitions and and compete with these boys. So, uh, why did I mishap? Had to think about this one. Um, yeah, other than getting stuffed plenty of times and laughed at walking out of the ground, I remember going down to, to Sligo. It must be 10 years ago, could be more. Uh, myself and my uncle had two new jerseys on us. Um, they brought out a lovely white jersey a couple of years before that and my uncle had it on and the two of us got into the ground anyway over to the barrier leaned on the barrier and the two jerseys ruined uh, full of black anti-climb paint so yeah any time any time Sligo away comes up that's always a story that, that springs to mind uh, Superstitions uh, didn't watch any of the penalties in the cup final in 19 um, was there in 2010 we played Sligo watched them and obviously we didn't score didn't score any and then Ilves was behind closed doors so um, I may have started and started something there but hopefully we're not involved in, in too many more going forward strengthen the squad yeah in all honesty I think we found that out the hard way in Europe um, I think everyone knows that this squad owes us nothing um, but it is an agent squad and you know playing the same system with more or less the same players for for three four years it's it's only natural that the, that other teams will catch up to us um, yeah, but we've been unlucky this season with the signings um, it's, it's hard to sit here and say that, that they've been successful so far obviously there's a, a lot of football to be played but um, I think Trev has probably been the pick of them but you now he signed with one eye on games like Europe and and cup games up in Oriel Park and when he's not available for them it's it's unfortunate and the reality is when you take him for Ilja and Jack out with a squad we're fairly tiltless going forward so yeah I think they've got a big part to play though in the in the last in the last ten games and hopefully that Liam Burt goal yesterday is a is a glimpse of what to come and. At the end of the season, Brad Bradger can freshen up the squad with a few new faces. Uh, yeah, I usually listen to the pod anywhere I can. I um, was living in Valencia last year for the year, so I uh, appreciated the podcast more than ever then. Everyone knows how bad the the media coverage is for our league. And, you know, when you're living abroad, you really appreciate how good the podcast is and yeah, it's a breath of fresh air for um for the overseas hoops. Listen to it slightly less exciting places this year. Usually in the car or, or on walk, so um yeah, the interviews been very good this year. Uh seventy show was great. Um and then Winston's always good crack as well, so 
his interview with the Gaffney was Gaffney's was very good. Uh, top three, I'd have to go Khan, Third, um, Khan is brilliant. You could you could listen to Khan all day, and it was nice to hear the the two use on the other side of the microphone for once as well. So, um, yeah, second Dan Fulham. Uh, remember, obviously all that happening last year, um, had never heard the story in full. So, uh, when he's going through it, it sounds like something out of a film, like and. Yeah, f- fair play to him for for staying so calm and yeah, thought that was uh that was really good. But yeah, my favorite Tifty's two fifty was great. Desi in particular, um, Desi was my man when we first started going to Rovers, and one of my first memories is him is him playing against Newcastle, and I, I just took a, a liking to him straight away, and yeah, it was great to hear some of his stories, and and uh, really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, Tifty's two fifty is brilliant. Tifty's five hundred in two thousand twenty nine. Uh, hopefully the eighteen ninety nine suite might be done by then, and we'll have a proper members bar to to maybe do a live show from. Um, yeah, t- I think we're we're very lucky at the minute with the with the superstars we have in our in our academy, and you know any time an Ireland underage squad comes out, you see Rover's name names in it everywhere so um the under fifteens in particular you see them going over to the likes of Ajax and, and mixing it with them it's it's very exciting times so you know by, by the time that comes around and I'm sure we'll have uh, we'll have plenty of, of superstars to talk about. Um and maybe Twiggy might have agreed to come on for that one as well by then so uh favourite films and T V shows seeing Oppenheimer last week which was very good. Um, didn't feel like three hours long, but yeah, enjoyed that. Uh, probably and then probably the best thing I've seen the last few years is the Last Dance, uh, on Netflix, and Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Um, yeah, that was I'd seen. I think I watched it three or four times at this stage, and it was brilliant. Like it wasn't really into 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 the NBA before that, and I was just seeing him and his mentality. Yeah, it's brilliant. So. Anyone that hasn't seen that, I definitely recommend that. Um, if you've ever been on telly or interviewed, uh, not that I know of. Um, I always remember when we played ball, when we beat balls four 0 in Danny Mount. I was on the I was in the paper. Uh, wasn't on the pitch that night, but ended up in the paper. Um, and collector of that, and yeah, collect uh, European programs. So anytime, anytime you play a European game, I always pick up a program. Um, I've plenty of of jerseys and that down the years, but um, yeah, programs is my thing, and it's it's always nice to to look back on them then and and uh, remember some of the games down the years. So yeah, that's me. Cheers again, lads. All the best. Hi lads, Sean Dorkin here. Just to hear these questions. Uh, first one: Were you in Reykjavik? And our Budapest, and what was the highlight of the trips for you? We did both, uh, sitting in the Dublin and Reykjavik, thinking about doing the Faroe Islands because we thought that was going to be the result between Klaxvik and French Faros, but obviously that didn't happen. So wasn't going to do the Faroe Islands because it was like 600 quid for flights. But Budapest came up, it wasn't too bad, so booked the two of I booked uh, Budapest. The highlight of it, probably, was with Dara O'Reilly on a Bill's Cruise. 
uh, on the Friday, the day after the game, because there was no one really left over there. Uh, we met these four English lads on the Bills Cross. Next thing you know, we're in the back of a taxi with them heading to a nightclub. So it was eventful, but next morning wasn't too kind for the old stomach. Uh, of all your travels, what is your favourite Rovers in Europe story you're involved in? I've only been to the two, but we did this bus tour in Iceland. It was good for the first few hours of it, then it got bored near the end, and Jason Maloney wasn't too happy when we were brought to see horses. Uh, and what was your biggest away day mishap, domestic or Europe? <sighs> Thankfully, haven't had too many mishaps, or any actually. The closest to one was probably the flight to Munich to go to Budapest. Everyone was on a flight straight after it at about three. Me and Dara were on a flight at about 10 o'clock that night. And we only figured that out when we were in Dublin Airport waiting. So, <laughs> uh, probably the closest to one. But yeah, sitting around the Munich Airport for the day while it was lashing, couldn't even go into Munich. Are you a superstitious person? Give, an, give a recent example, ideally to do with Rovers. Uh, no, not really a superstitious person at all. The only sort of thing I can think that would be superstitious about me would be that the black kit we had, I think it was last year and the year before, that we just didn't win a game in. Just thought about that. I was thinking every time we played in that kit, it was a great for losing. <laughs> it wasn't a, wasn't a great kit. The Rovers need to strengthen their squad and in what areas. I think probably a bit of cover in the wing-backs would be the best option for us at the moment. Trevor and Neil are a bit injury-prone. And look, Sean Cavan is very good on the ball. Love but he's just a bit too slow. He gets caught out a lot when he goes up. He can't get back. And you seeing that picture of him in Budapest there last week. Had a massive head start and yeah man still didn't get back. Uh where and when do you usually listen to Tifties after it comes out? Uh I'd usually listen to it either if I'm in work or if I'm not in work on the way to college, either the day of it comes out or the day after. Uh what we had top three Tifties interviews in twenty twenty three so far and why? Uh best one for me was probably the second part of the 70s show i really liked that one because it was just that sort of era we were quite bad and there was a lot of a lot of interesting stories from it like the fact there was only like 60 odd people at, at one of the games <laughs> uh yeah that's and the whole john joel's sort of era was quite good second one it had to be the first part of the 70s show I found that interesting as well, the way first time the club finished 10th, had to reapply, had to reapply for the league. Stuff like that just interests me. Uh, then the the third best one I thought was the Richie Brush one. I enjoyed that one mainly because he was just a bit of an interesting character. The way he just doesn't like football, but yet it's his job. He's mad into bleeding heavy metal and death metal. And he's he wanted to be an undertaker or something like that, I remember. Some weird like that. It's just interesting. Uh, we recently celebrated 250 episodes of the podcast. Predict the team and the guests it will be for hashtag Tifties500. Uh, 
or you think you'll get finally get the Twiggy interview and maybe Gary McCabe uh, with Stephen Bradley as a special guest as the Swindon Town Manager and then the theme of it will be the club relegation in 2028 <laughs> bit depressing but uh, what are some of your favourite movies and TV series you've seen in the last couple of years uh, three favourite ones probably be Breaking Bad The Inbetweeners and Piggy Liners I don't really think anything comes close to Breaking Bad to be honest it's just unbelievable film uh, seen Oppenheimer there recently I'm into history so top is very good uh, have you ever been on TV yourself an advert movies slash TV extra interviewed on the news no I haven't I haven't been on anything like that thankfully are you a big collector of anything jerseys programs badges or even some nerdy non-football memorabilia that may that may surprise people nah nothing nothing quirky just mostly have a lot of rovers tops other than that, haven't much. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, lads. Hi, this is Jason Maloney, and this is my latest contribution to the Tifties Hotline. And first question was in Reykjavik or Budapest this year. Well, I happened to make both trips. Um, obviously, the football wasn't ideal on either away game, but um, good crack, good hoops. Um, Reykjavik, I suppose, the highlight was being able to... Um, see some of the island the last time i was there we just was more of a quick visit and we didn't really get to see much of the island so a few of us did a tour of the island the day before the game with some nice sights good day out um in budapest probably the highlight was just being traveling me with mark turner for two days turner is just it's just a walking sitcom and he doesn't realize how funny he is he's just i'd love that somebody had a camera camera and just followed him around for those two days in budapest you would have made some series over a Netflix blockbuster, I'd say. Unbelievable. Um, favourite over story in Europe? Well, probably my favourite trip was to Tel Aviv in 2010 um, when we beat Ben which meant we are going to play Juventus in the next round. So about that one was I was um, actually at halftime. Didn't realise there was a camera crew from the Israeli TV station that was showing the match and they were looking for a Rovers fan to be interviewed at halftime and I just got thrown into the into the thick of it and I just went in and I had that interview where I had my best Steve McLaren um, Joey Barton accent I didn't put that on a pause by the way I do speak like that because I do speak too fast and I find that I put on a kind of a foreign accent that they, the the uh, host people to kind of understand me a bit better and of course the uh, video went was went out on YouTube where I the famous 20 shoulders so that was a good trip and, and that was a good memory from that and um, big as a way they mishap in Europe uh, last year in Malta, an absolute disaster. Good time, great sunshine, great uh, victory for us drivers to go through to the second round of the Champions League. But coming back, there was a lot of us. The flight, the uh, flight to London, half six in the morning, flight didn't go. Didn't eventually get out till about eight o'clock that night. Uh, I think there was about twelve or thirty, and it was left. Nightmare. It took us thirty hours from the time we left the hotel that morning to get get to our home to our beds. Um, had to get a flight to Stansted, then we had to get a taxi from Stansted to Bristol Airport, then we were stuck in Bristol Airport for hours, and finally got a flight home at half six, seven o'clock the next morning. Got home, I wasn't feeling the best, did a uh, test when I went in the house, COVID test, and found out I had COVID, so all through that travelling, I found out I wasn't feeling the best. On top of everything, I had COVID, so that was a bit of a disaster.
Yeah, I'm definitely a superstitious person, as I think a lot of you will know. Um, I don't like Jordan matches coming, not getting too carried away or predicting results. I think I might um, jinx our head of the way it might go uh, against Rovers, against their favour. Um, a recent example, well, I bought a few t-shirts there a few, week, uh, a few weeks or a couple of months ago, and I wore one for the first time in the derby against Bowles. We beat them 2-0 in Daily Mount. And the next big double there, we were playing Pats, and I was going to put something else on, and just, no, I'll put that T-shirt on again, just because you're lucky. The last time, and we beat Pats 3-2, uh, when Richie Tell scored a last-minute penalty. So I decided to wear it again when we played in Daily Mount a few weeks ago, and I thought it was great. We were tuning it up, and I was praising myself on my choice of attire. But then they came back to 2 all. so I don't know whether I'll wear said T-shirt on the 4th of September in Tallaght. Um, do Rovers need to strengthen the squad? Yeah, well, definitely. You know, we've had a, a fair share of injuries the last few weeks, and we've really hit wide areas where we haven't really had that much pace to get up the park, especially hoarders in Europe. Um, so we will be looking maybe to strengthen them. Though the way it's looking at the moment, um, Neil and Trevor seem not to be too far away. They've been huge misses for us. Uh, it's grand to see Liam Bort play against Cork. Uh, last. Sunday and we're really getting to see what, what, what we've been fully expecting he does give us that bit of pace, bit of energy and um, going forward long term I think next year we're going to need a goalkeeper and we're going to need a centre forward um, Leon has been brilliant, far better than he'd be expected in his um, since he's taken over from Alan Goal um, and he's definitely done enough to earn himself a contract for next year, whether he be number one for me, we, if we're going to be challenging and trying to get a run in Europe I think we need a goalkeeper that, you know, like Alan at, at the prime, top of his game, Alan Manis. Keepers like that win you points, and we need a goalkeeper like that. And then centre-forward. So if that goalkeeper I'm talking about, centre-forward, they're the two probably hardest, you know, positions to get, to get top players into. You know, we haven't really had, since Rory came in, Rory's probably the best striker we've had since Gary Twig, and strikers like that just don't grow on trees. Don't think Twigs do grow on trees, but you get me drift. Uh, I listen to the, usually you listen to the podcast probably straight away it comes out, um, unless it's a day in work where I'm on the phone line, I'm on the phone line one day or five and work, so the day I'm not on it, um, I usually straight on, I do admin work, so I just can listen to the earphones and straight away, Thursday morning usually I, I listen to, to the podcast pretty much straight away. It was hard to listen to the recent 251 to four and a half hours, that had to be breaking down into segments. Um, but that's it, I used to try and go straight away and I'll just still sit on my laptop, work from home most of the time. Had favourite interviews of 2023. Um, so the top one was the, definitely the one the 70s show. Um, you could listen to John Bourne and Mark Moore talk about Rovers for ages. And there's an era that I didn't really remember, so it was nice to for them to recap um, on some, some of the, you know, not only the... You know the football, the Rovers results of the day, but the music of the day, and and the, and the, you know some of the news that happened, and it was a good format the way the show was you know introduced by by, uh, by Gary and Carl. Um, also enjoyed the Richard Brush interview. Um, it was nice to hear him from a guy who's he's on the you know on the mission. He's been a reserve goalkeeper, journeyman as such for most of his career, and he's very honest, frank you know interview. And I enjoyed the Alan O'Neill one as well. The recent Alan O'Neill, Alan just you know Alan just a gentleman. And you can tell the way he talks about Rovers that he's just respect for the club and the fans. Tifty's 500, what will the team be? It'll probably be, he said it'd be in 2029, it'll probably be the team would be, will Simon Power be fit 
for a Champions League game at the New Camp. And the guests will be um, Rovers manager Joey O'Brien, Ireland international Nadge Razzi, and Harry Moore, the first teenagers to have a book published about Shamrock Rovers. Um, as regards favourite movies, and see, I haven't really watched that many movies in the last few years. Um, in recent COVID, um, probably two I watched were um, A Man Called Otto, another film called The Duke. They were just two good, decent films, you know. Um, good feeling films, you know, good endings and happy, happy films, you know. I'm not really into any of these blocks, like Marvel or stuff like that, or, you know, I wouldn't really watch that, um, films like that. Um, and TV series, um, Succession's probably the best one I've watched the last couple of years. The one I watched most recently was Hijack with Idris Elba. And I am actually looking forward to watching um, Billions, the final series of Billions is out this Friday. So I'm looking forward to watching all those episodes. Have I ever been on TV in an advert or anything like that? No, no. Unlike Gary Parsons, I probably am. I think I have a face for radio, though. Besides the um, interview we mentioned earlier on the regarding uh, the trip to Israel, the other time was Rovers related. Uh, there's a clip that comes around every now and then, usually around the anniversary of when we left Milltown. Um, it was a, today to me, uh, ran a, a piece on when we were trying to save Milltown and get Rovers out of Tolka and... It was filmed in the um, Humphreys and Ranelagh, um, where all of us, good loads of us there singing, and we're never going to leave Milltown. And I'm sitting there next to the late, great Dermot Morgan, uh, um, singing, you know, singing that song. So that's shown a few times. And I'm a collector of memorabilia or something like that. Not anymore. I used to be a huge collector of programs. I went, used to go above and beyond searching, you know, searching through and going to fairs and going to, you know, the program fair, I know Prof goes, so I used to go to every year. Um, pick a few bar. I remember getting like United buying United away to pinch twenty quid a good few years ago for the yeah, Rovers away to United in the European Cup in '57 and stuff like that. And there's boxes and boxes of programs are somewhere out the shed somewhere, and there's probably loads and loads. But I just buy the Rovers program now. Um, I don't buy away programs. I just buy our own. I buy who's seen every week. And um, what I really stopped buying programs was the advent of fanzines because for me programs are just you know. Um, Especially different, you've no interest in, in a club one or an official, you know, town of an, any other club like the Dock, Derry, or, or Pats, where fanzines you can read about what the fans think and there's topical issues. And you know, I know they've kind of waned a bit in, in recent years, fanzines, but yeah, I don't really collect that anymore. Cheers, lads, that's it. Um, thanks for asking me on again, Mark Turner. Uh, yeah, I traveled to build a pest. Uh, I was a brilliant trip. Um, Flew through Munich on the way over and the same way back, but uh, apart from the result, obviously, but what a city. I would have loved to spend one or two more days there. Just the result didn't go away, but what can you do? Uh, one of the highlights was Maloney. We got the, we got the blade and uh, build a pest through our bags in the room and uh, went down a field about eight of us. And uh, we all got pizza or whatever. Maloney's sweating out. Yeah, he goes, lads, I have to go back around the room. I walked him back around, got two bottles of water, put him in the room, didn't see him until about one o'clock the next day, the day of the game. But yeah, no, it was just a great trip. I would have loved him to spend one or two more days there, but apart from the result, I don't know really if I have a favourite story. Like, there's been some great stories and all, but yeah, no, it's just the highlights of any trip is just being with Rovers fans. 
over there in a different country hoping to get a result but now there's been some great great times and uh, there's plenty more to come but yeah i don't really want to dish the door to anyone but yeah now i actually had a big mishap in 2010 when we were playing juventus uh we flew to we stayed the night in pisa the night before the game and uh I had a friend with me, a non-rovers mate, but we travelled with like my uncle, Kieran, and then there was Jeff Dunn, Glenn Boyle, and Ian Tracy, a few others. So anyway, we went down to Pisa the night before the game, and played and got gargled, and next uh, well, oh, I mean gargled, can't even remember what happened. Anyway, the next morning, the lads were out for a walk. I think Glenn, Ian Tracy, Jeff, could have been one or two more there. But they found me bleeding asleep on a bench. I had my rovers, jersey, pair of shorts, asleep on a bench. Don't even know how I got there. But uh, me and my mate still, he's in Australia now. And still, when he when he rings me now, and we still say, what the fuck happened in Italy? He was bleeding, walking down the motorway. We just don't know, I don't know what was in the drink over there. Yeah, but that was a proper one. And then the next day, just dying on the train then all, all the way to fucking Medina, was it? And... Um, yeah, but what a trip that was. I don't know if it's superstitious, but the lads always slag me about this in the WhatsApp group, but I always put in, <laughs> put in a starting 11 that I think it's going to be or that or what I should have And, uh, yeah, sometimes I get it close, sometimes I get it wrong, but I do get stick over the lads for some of the picks, but what can you do? Yeah, I think everyone thinks that we, we will need to strengthen now in the... We've been bit, a bit below par, but listen, I can't really say anything bad about this team, uh, what it's given us over the years, but it's hard to know as well. We don't know what kind of contract some of the players are on, so but we could be in a state where we need to get like three new strikers next day. Johnny Kenny's only in on loan. There's rumours about Gaffney going back to Galway. I don't know whether Green's in the one or two year deal, but we could need to strengthen there big time. Obviously, a goalkeeper will have to come in with Big Al. Listen, we're missing a centre. I made the Aaron McInnes type box to box. Uh, yeah, we will need the strength, and but we'll see what happens come the end of the season. But yeah, we definitely will need the strength. I normally listen to the podcasts. I'm a, I always listen to podcasts when I'm actually going to bed at night. I put one earphone in. I nod off, but. That's when I mainly listen to my podcast, sometimes in the car as well, but uh, and also in work, but I'm a big be- uh, nighttime listener of podcasts. So top three interviews, uh, Billy Woods, definitely. Billy Woods was a hero of mine when I was growing up, when I was a kid. Really liked Billy, so yeah, that was very interesting. I also thought Darren Dillon went into good insight of behind the scenes at the club. And then the 70s show, the two lads did a great job. Very interesting, really enjoyed them. I don't have a clue what the team should be. Don't even ask me. Some of my favourite TV shows, movies, like Sons of Anarchy is still my number one. Loved it. Obviously, the likes of Love, Hate. Recent stuff, um, don't really know. Like that, Obviously, the Wrexham, the Wrexham documentary, really enjoyed that. Oh, I don't know, like I haven't really watched that with the new baby and all, so I haven't really had time, but yeah, Sons of Anarchy will always be me. Loved it. I actually have been on TV, I was on a game show, I think it was about 2012, 
my cousin was doing something for RTE and a family pulled out and it was a pile of a game show saying, I've got you back. Uh, we were the actually only family to win money, but uh, it went on air the night before Christmas Eve. So when I was out for the Christmas Eve drinks, I got some stick, got some stick on social media, obviously with people seeing it now. But uh, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. But as I said, we were the only family to win money. Thank God there's not much footage of it around now, but there was a few videos floating. I have a good collection of programs, uh, but I have to say in recent years I haven't been a big buyer of the programs for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I always do buy one every now and again. Uh, but yeah, I have a good, good collection of programs, and yeah, that's really it. Cheers, lads. So we had Neil Murray, Luke Gallagher, Sean Dorkin, famous Jason Maloney, and Mark Turner, the comedic duo. So some great content from the lads. Um, are hitting at some of our younger members as well, Prof, with uh, Luke and Sean. Great to have you new guys and new blood coming up in the world, creative guys who want to actively get involved in Rovers. We need to listen to the young hoops, Prof. Yeah, I enjoyed their contributions. It's a new um, world. Neil Murray has sausage and chips superstitions. <laughs> yeah, former Roadstone coach. Maloney, of course, with his superstitions. This drives... like. Every time someone puts something into the into the first team group, I'm waiting for him. It's like someone will say, oh, yeah. oh yeah, we should do this, should do that, and he's there going, Fucking <laughs> You're just waiting on him. Now, this question was for Maloney. Yeah, yeah. Make no mistake about that. Um Turner sleeping on benches in Italy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I want clips of this game show he was on. I've got, I, yeah, cause, yeah. Cause, yeah, definitely, definitely. And the name of it as well, I've got your back. Yeah. Not sponsored by the answer credit. <laughs> Um, have we mentioned the toothbrush story before? No, I think so. Podcast. I don't think we did. Who's toothbrush? Between story? Maloney and Turner. I don't think so. I don't think we actually said it. So I asked Maloney to remind me. Um, so he says, leaving the room in Stockholm last year. So they shared the room. They says, right, making sure they don't forget anything. Uh, Maloney looks in, and there's a pair of jeans and a toothbrush. And uh, Maloney goes, two brushing jeans, come on. So Turner grabs uh, the toothbrush only, puts it in the bag. Maloney goes, what are you doing with the toothbrush? And he goes, ah, that's all right, Jay, it's all right. I've loads of pair of jeans, but I've only one toothbrush. <laughs> Surely his bag wasn't that jammers. <laughs> Was there something wrong with the jeans? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, Siri, sum up Turner in one paragraph. Uh, what a man. Was there a, was there an accident there? That's what I was thinking. But we'll move on anyway. That was the 50s hotline. And thanks to everybody. We've another five coming soon. But with the Sunday game, Prof Cork 2-1, two, a rallying cry from 50s and everyone else in social media. We tried to get a big atmosphere going here. So 2-1, first win in eight games. And... Um, Took a few reads to figure out who was the left wing back. The, so I, I was I was staring at this graphic. I was like, we were like, is it Gary O'Neill? I, I was convinced Gary O'Neill was centre half and Cavo was on the left. But it turned out yeah. Poom was on the left and Cavo was left centre half. Mm -hmm. And then we worked from there. And we were just speaking off air there about Cavo. First half, I think I remember I sent you a text. I was like, I hear. Cavo was just. Yeah. Because I remember. Finland. Um, what's your man's name? AK, the Belgian fella. I think he got in on goal. Oh, Tunde. Tunde, yeah. And he was quite busy. He I was, felt, yeah. I've always liked him. I know he might be, he's a bit of a Dan Kerr and that. 
He's very direct. He'll have a couple of good games and then you don't hear about him for a while. Extremely direct, pacey, but like mm. ultimately, I don't think he would fit into our, our team. I, obviously, I wouldn't. No, I just I remember Cavill being turned inside out and I thought, oh, here. But yeah. then, second half, like we were saying, Cavill kept drilling these low balls into midfield, which were crucial to getting us moving, yeah. starting attacks. Yeah. Cabot, he had a very good second half. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the build-up going in, we had... We're just going to read out a bit of injury news here because we kind of haven't done this. Jack was in London to see a specialist on his knee and we also got a bit of updates from on Trevor Clark and stuff. So, uh, here it is, Gert. Yep. So, um, Jack's knee injury. It was positive stuff for Brazzer. So, we were fearful when he went to London that was going to be the rest of the season. It looked like it would be 16 to 20 weeks, but we're thankful. The surgeon said he's good, maybe two weeks. Added Stephen Bradley. We play Cork on Sunday and Shells next Friday, and then we have a break. I'd imagine he will be back after that break. It's great news. We're 60-70% sure he was done for the year. Andy Williams saw him in London, and he was happy that he found that there is uh, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. So Trevor Clark is doing really well. He's going to be ahead of schedule. We were fearing 14 weeks for him, more likely 6-7. and seven. So that's a credit to Trevor. Neil Frugge is close. Probably back next week, as will Lee Grace, Rory Gaffney. He's back tomorrow. And Jack Bourne has seen a specialist in England. Thankfully, he thinks that Jack is only a couple more weeks out, which is great news. He'll miss shells. And then we have a break, so we might be back for the home game versus Dundalk the following week. So we're getting bodies back for the important part of the season, which is huge, bruv. We need to get the bodies back in. We have been, we've had players doing jobs, which I'm not a fan of. It's one of my most hated sayings in football is I get him to do a job there. Because it's unfair on the player at times as well. They have to mm. go in and do something they're not particularly familiar with. And they have to do a job. And it's not ideal. It's like when we saw the graphic for this game. My first thought was, oh, he's not going to put Gary O'Neill centre-back. Because remember the last time he was there was the 4-all. And we were torn apart through the middle. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking myself. So, um, I know I'm being a bit pedantic here, but he's used the word break there a few times. We have a break. It's not a break. It's the week we're supposed to be playing in the FAI Cup. But we lost. It is a break, Prof. We lost in the FAI Cup. We've been diplomatic. That's why we have a break. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So we're missing, like we're missing our first choice uh, wingbacks. We're also missing our first choice commentators. Yeah. Because instead of Con Murphy and Graham Gartland, we had Fane and Warren and Barry Murphy. Two superb stand-ins, by the way. But I'm not slagging them in any way because Phelan is a fantastic stand-in and I heard them and obviously I'm, I'm stuck at home so I was listening to the two of them. Uh, they were really good. Uh, like I said, I interviewed Baz about the commentary, about working with Khan or in this case Phelan. Um I also asked in the group, goalkeeper commentators? Good I, question. I can't think of many. I threw out Shaka Hislop, but I don't think he's done it in a long time. Commentators, now I'm thinking of does someone who does a calm on, let's say, Sunday or Saturday Saturday soccer special, does that count? No, just full-on commentators. No, I can't think of anyone. Good, quite, good show. Well, for people Hit us up, anyone else? listen, tell us any yeah. you can think of. A um, few things in the programme, Gare. Um, Harry Moore was interviewed. Harry Moore with his... Uh, uh, inspirational quotes from the prof <laughs> yeah he gave me a shout out which is nice and I also did a piece on because Man United were playing that day um, I wrote about Man United and Coventry randomly played a friendly at Milltown in 1963 
because this was during the big freeze where football just came to a standstill in England. And I also talked about Milltown being used for other purposes, like being rented out for tennis and a, a brass band you <laughs> met there. And then they had a wrestling match, which I was proud of because I, I scooped Robert Goggins. I was like, Robert, did you know that a wrestling match took place at Milltown? He's 19, been trumped. In 1938. He was like, no, I didn't. I was proud of that one. So the start of this game, Garrett, took about... 20 minutes for it to open up I would yeah say. it was it was cagey um, I felt that they they looked a little bit dangerous on the break they were hitting us out wide and um, it, it was it was a bit scrappy up until about 20 minutes but mm. Berkey hit the post great strike Burke, I, we were at, right at the south stand for that and we it was one of those things where you just Borky's perfect position. That's where he picks up the balls where he does his, does most danger or does his, yeah. his, his most damage, and it just clipped off the post. And then that's when things came into life. The old just took over. Brilliant display from them as well. They really really yeah. kept the crowd going. And um, like you said, Gary Olabi was uh, okay. That Belgian fella, yeah, he's just he's, causing problems. Yeah, he's just um, running at players and just making things hard for them. Not we weren't being we weren't able to play out from the back the way we normally would. Um, so at this point, um, Berkey's hit the post. Then Bert has a shot saved, and I I literally shout at the top of my lungs in this room that we're recording in. Will we ever score again? <laughs> the cat just looking around. <laughs> um, so on 29 minutes then, the breakthrough came and it was Bork with a bit of magic as usual. He turned this poor fella inside out plenty of times and then just just buried it with his right foot. Keeper had no chance and the south stand erupted. Individual brilliance from Burke. I think... Hitting the post was the warning shot that he was back and he was in the mood. He was in the mood, wasn't he? Because he loves he, a goal against Cork. He does. And he was on it in this game. Absolutely. And yeah. I always felt this run was going on so long. Not only to win this run, but the run without a goal from open play. I just felt that it was going to come from someone like Burke with a bit of magic. And then later on, we'll talk about Burke's goal. Yeah. Um. Although I think, <laughs> I think I dropped Burke from both games in my 11s last week. I just feel uh, which in, I used to slag you for doing yeah in these <laughs> games where we're struggling with injuries and I think if if Bork is fit mm. you have to play him because he can come up with this he mm. can do this from 30 odd yards and if you look at it again from the south stand that went in I was like oh, that's a great goal when you watch it from the side on view that Phelan and Baz had it's an outrageous finish from a yeah. mad angle on his right foot. The twisting and turning. The like, twisting and turning gets me every time. I it love doesn't it. look like a dangerous position. No. Like he has two players around him. And then he suddenly just passes the ball into the corner. This is a bad foot. Unbelievable finish. So uh, grew into it then, but unfortunately he gave away a free. And um, Barry Coffey. Finner, so- Finner uh, brought down... Bolger then he built yeah. about 25 years out I don't think it was a foul if I'm thinking back to it now but um, Barry Coffey steps up who had a good game Barry Coffey's a good player Tyron Bolger was good in the middle as well but Barry so he, this is telegraphing it isn't it from right to left so just I mean Manus was closer to his left his post than he was so personally I think it sh- probably should stay out he was about central I think the last I thought he wasn't at the last second, Manus kind of had a look at the far side. Yeah. But 
you should get down fast. Yeah, pace took it in, yeah. good strike, and then I just thought to myself, oh, here we go. But on, when I went in, I thought, okay, I'm happy enough with this. I think, I think that we can push on and score. So half time, no changes, and then we had Liam Board actually got the, gets the assist for this one. So ball gets put in, Pico little cushioned header to keep possession, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, I love that. I love a defender looking around for a pass. Doesn't have to necessarily just lump it up. Kept possession. Poom takes a hold of it. Squares it in the board. Picks it up in the halfway line. And just proceeds to make a show of the Cork City defence. And he, I think King Coleman is just still running around in circles. <laughs> he he dragged him left, right and centre. Took him in again. And then the, the finish was absolutely superb. And very, very similar finish. He loves that instep. Yeah, into the one where he made a show of Jack in Daily Mount, oh, yeah. and he strokes at home. Very, very, very similar finish. So that's what he has in his locker. And uh, cue the sales stand going bananas again. I mean, yeah, he it's, it's a superb goal. I'm not gonna like the defending is it's terrible, it, but he's it's, it's awful. It's but, that unknown. What you said, it's yeah. that unknown dimension that we have put into the team now that teams yeah. don't expect. They don't. They had no idea he was gonna try that that bit of brilliance and bit of magic so it's something that we've been missing and it was all about recruitment as well last year we had the recruitment we had Danny we had Andy Lyons we had those players who could provide something a little bit extra what was that word I used? difference makers difference makers so this is the difference maker that we have now in the team hopefully you can stay fit both goals were by difference makers yes exactly they were made both of our goals individual they made, brilliance they made them themselves but it was a good team goal I felt as well it, because yeah, it was it, good team we goal. worked it up to him and then he did the bit of magic and the finish like you say I love the way he took that goal just stroked into the top corner absolutely um, beautiful the timing oh, I said to you afterwards given the run we were, the rut we were in yeah. the timing of Burt's return from injury is <laughs> it can't be underestimated I know yeah. it's crucial if we keep him fit for these 10 games I know he could be huge for us massive massive and he's going to start every game now on our starting 11 some predictions but um, we had another chance as well Prof late on Gaffney came on and Gaffney was brilliant um, he just he has that ability to hold on to the ball his ball retention is next it's unbelievable it's so good he drags people out he can see him looking over his shoulder when he does have the ball he makes sure that he drags one guy out and then the next one's going to follow the, the, the defender that's marking him so then those gaps and then it, we make runs in there. He's brilliant at it. His football and IQ was fantastic. Um, did really, really well to get in, get Greener in. I thought there possibly could have been too much on that pass. And Greener missed that with, the, with his right foot with the open goal. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't think there was any real hairy moments either. With regards to Cork, they looked a little bit tricky on the on the counter at times. But I think we dealt with it. thought Dan Cleary deserves a massive, massive shout out. He was superb. This... Uh, opinions varied on, on his performance I thought he was absolutely unbelievable won everything kept possession and his pass and his next to not, his next is brilliant um, I saw someone describe it as it wasn't a pretty win but no it gets and, it hits three and points and wins a win I think um, uh, midfield I felt we were lacking as well I thought no one put their foot in the ball and just got a hold of it I thought Aaron Bulger kind of did that but it was it was screaming out for a jack to kind of get in there take control and dictate the play I don't think anyone really did that I think Watts, Watts needs to really, really step up now. Um, you might be surprised when we start at 11. Start at 11's a prediction soon. But yeah, so... Uh, I was final text- whistle. I was, I was texting Amo in the States, in McConville, and I was just like, how do you do this every week? How do you watch 
football on a computer and he was like yeah it's brutal isn't it yeah not for long um, though. I think he's coming home he's coming so home so I'm still again personal stats I'm still waiting for my first live goal from open play <laughs> in the flesh and we're going to Talca Park oh, against Duffer Shell so I, I might have to wait another you week wait <laughs> based another on week, uh, yeah. past form um, like we say the crowd was hit by the Bank Holiday and the United game because United, United was at 4 this was at 6 this game should have been a 7 now I know this is a this is a management call they're kind of choosing the kickoff times to suit the players and their schedule and all but one hour it would yeah, have made a difference. We don't know what goes on behind yeah. closed doors, Prof. I think that's, um, that's what it is. So, yeah. United sent over the reserves gear, um, which resulted in... <laughs> I I must say, like I'm not on Twitter much these days, but I went on Twitter that night, and it was quite funny. The, the spat that exists between the LOI family, you could say, and the bar stoolers... I, it it can get it can get cringy at times, but I I get mm. listen. You want a bar still fair enough. You don't want to watch football at home or domestically. Fair enough, I get that. But I think as well with the League of Ireland guys, they're all giving it socks, saying, "Oh yeah, this happens, that happens," and they're bringing the fourth team and ha ha. Let let them go and watch their football. This this argument is stupid. I'd rather it just didn't happen at all because it's. It's not going to get any better any anytime soon. We have to promote our own league within and do our best to kind of draw a couple of fans and make it more appealing for people at home. That game was always going to sell out. Yeah. That United game was going to sell out no matter what. No That's matter how many people yeah. follow our domestic game, that game was always going to sell out. It's United. There is a big tradition there with United in Ireland. But it's just... I, I It was a non-event of a discussion and an argument I was looking at and I was just like, it's going to... It's gonna accumulate to nothing. It's but gonna it's nothing's just, good's gonna come from it. It's just the outrage. Yeah, I, I know it was. Yeah, it's a guilty pleasure, but but you know what? I yeah. always I found funny as well that you're you're gonna mention it, aren't you? But your man ringing. Oh, Look, I'm gonna mention this. Like yes. what? Like I don't. <laughs> like what did they expect? Did they expect Ten Hag to just decide? My preseason plans are gonna to be totally changed now because I have to let the Irish fans from a country that the club doesn't actually exist in. It's in the UK. It's not in Ireland. I'm gonna bring all the all the players over and play them just for them. He's he, it's not on his radar. It's not on his radar. You gave out about paying 310 euro to watch a sloppy second string team, and he's gonna ring the Aviva. And Greenblood had a great response to that. <laughs> yeah. Have you got that there? No, I don't. Press one for car insurance, <laughs> two for house insurance, and three for. So I can't remember what it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 15 quid to watch United first team versus uh, the French side. 60 to watch the 123s in Ireland. It was, it was actually a stronger team than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like, it wasn't yeah. the worst. But I uh, love this from Barney. You have to laugh at United Reserves playing in Dublin. And the prices, the country's a joke and everyone knows it. Uh, Hope Coldplay sent a tribute band to Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, someone tweeting that they went to the Lens. Was it Lens who they played on the Saturday? Someone yeah. paid... For two tickets and two flights, it was less than two tickets to the Aviva game. To go to Old Trafford. It would have been cheaper going to Old Trafford. It was yeah. cheaper to go to Old Trafford for two tickets and two flights on a day trip to go to the actual game in the Aviva for two tickets. Isn't that crazy? That sums it up. What Cork. Was, what, was Prof- the, 
what was the, the total attendance at the at Lansdowne? Of forty two, I think was it. Is that what's, what? I think ours, it is. ours is um was three thousand four hundred nineteen. Yeah. Prophetic boy, my clip from Dermot Kitty last week, wasn't it? Forty two thousand morons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Reserves. Uh, Emma Wheatley was butchering fellows on Twitter. Oh, I, she she wanted to smoke, which I really enjoyed. Uh, good show by you, Gar, with the Liam Burt song, because <laughs> I got roasted for this. By the way, do not roast Gary for this because let me tell you why. When we're in Talca next week, right? Liam Burt, we he's back. Hopefully, the injuries are behind him. He's scoring. If you're listening to this and you're in Talca next week, please do not sing Liam Burt. Is a hoop he hates balls. Yeah. Do you know why? Because we've signed that for Andy Lyons, Daniel Mandrayu, every single balls signing ever. Let's sing something stupid for Liam Burt. Yes. Specifically. Think about it, right? So, the game's creeping into the 80th minute. Liam Burt scores the winner. The drum is gone, so all you hear is <laughs> Liam Burt, Burt, Burt. <laughs> Everybody's jumping up down. Liam Burt, Burt, Burt. I'm, I'm telling you I'm not even patronising you I love that It would be deadly It's a real away day song that Just sporadic away day song And a drum is going And everybody's jumping around singing yeah. and There has to be points involved Obviously but uh, Baz chose Burke for Man the Match Which uh, I saw a couple of people Were disappointed with um, But it didn't mean that Bert wasn't chosen For the interview He was chosen yeah. So we got to hear from uh, Graham filled in from yourself um, Brazzer gave me a shout out No way In, in the saying? interview Because Graham used my stat that Burke's goal was out the 500th goal of Stephen Bradley's reign. How long were we waiting for that, by the way? No, I actually, the yeah. second he said that, I was thinking, fucking Carl. Yeah, so, and then Brazzer goes, yeah, Carl's giving us a good stat there. So, yeah, yeah. thanks to Brazzer for the shadow. Thanks to Graham as well. So, overall, it was a, a really impressive, well, not impressive, but I'd say we had to get it over the line. We showed... We showed blood and guts, got it done, great from the ultras and the fans who turned up. We have to get more people into the stands. I mean, it's not a cry. We know we have the fans there, but they just didn't turn up on the day. Unfortunately, Twitter was a cesspit of shells and bows poking holes and fun at us. But listen, I'm hoping we'll have the last laugh over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so overall, Prof, three points in the bag is what we needed. And it's done, four points clear still. Huge game of Tolka. It's all about that winning mentality now and like I said I think the midfield in particular was was my gripe it's, I felt like it was there for the taking it was there for someone to just scream and say right okay this is this is my game now it was so open Um, no one no I think like I said before and Budger played well no one really got their foot in the ball and controlled it you know what I mean so it shows mm. you what we were talking about with Gary O'Neill and Jack's little combination that's missing I think what's Watts is your alternative to Jack when he's not in the team. Watts needs to step up big time. It's a huge couple of weeks for him while Jack is out to fill that void. So um, we'll move on to other results though as well. We borrows four, draw to two. Sligo nil, Pats two. A terrible, terrible performance. We A lot of the Rovers fans watched this one. It was on RTE. Um, Sligo were terrible. They were shocking. I can't believe how poor they, they were at home as well. And some of the goals they conceded... Even the draw, the, the fourth goal of the game the for Bowes. The draw to defend against Bowes, we're all watching and thinking the same team thing. They don't defend like that against us. Never. It doesn't happen. They, nobody coughs up goals like that against Rovers. It's nuts. And that's from watching us every single week and then watching highlights and going, where were you last week, draw You know what I mean? So, 
Dundalk won, Shelbourne won with new recruit Harry Wood. Slotting home, lovely finish, and an absolute pile driver from John Martin. Uh, cracker of a free kick. Very, uh, I think someone in the chat said it was Desi Baker-esque. It was a really good strike. And Bowes, three wins out of three versus Drada, and we have two points from three. So Bowes seem to have... Uh, the they're able to knock that one out of the park. We're still struggling against Drogheda. Um, the prediction um, league, Prof. I'm into the top ten now. I've had a good week. I called two one Rovers and one all Dundalk. That got me twenty points. I'm into the top ten now. I'm aiming for the top five. Me and Davy Rovers, Davy are having a, a battle in the top twelve. You could say exchanging 12. places. Yeah. Never mind your prediction league, Gary. The LMS is back and I'm back. Yeah. We've already And the only two people to pick, Shamrock Rovers, me and Amo. I think that's only two people with the balls to uh, pick them. Uh, I think it was a it was low hanging fruit, to be honest. <laughs> but I went for Cove. I wouldn't know. I went for Cove. Everyone went for the easy one, Waterford. Tell me, Prof, tell 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 the fans oh, who God. tell the fans who <laughs> did me in for a life. For two goals to cost Gary life. None other. Than Tommy Alua on a rampage since I said you that know, on the podcast. You know, I'm seeing him a lot because <laughs> he lives near me. And after this, I was walking and he was coming back. There's a shopping up and down there because there's a lot of foot traffic where I live beside the little <laughs> and stuff like that. And he's walking by and I'm just thinking, fucking prick. <laughs> fucking decide to score now, do you? I'm saying to Lars, it cost me fucking a life in the last man standing. She's like, leave me alone. I'm not going to say that to him, obviously. But yeah, he's walking, and I felt like he was everything. I was walking, looking at him walking by, and I felt like he was swaggering. I'm there, going, you making fun of me? He's just he's, he's <laughs> laughing at me walking down the road. Turns into Messi as soon as I pick him as like worst talent yeah. era striker. Uh, and other news, Prof. Aiden Gillen, John Boy, um, Littlefinger, Mayor Carcetti was mm-hmm. drinking the green ribbon in the Provs film in a movie called Trad, and he said he likes the taste. He said it was peculiar. Yes. And he stayed in character for the whole time as well. So top man, Aidan Gillen and John Boy or Fran. No, Fran from Love Hate as well was there. So a, a well, celeb star, a celebrity studded. That's Frano to you, by the way. Frano, yeah. Fran- Gar- First of all, uh, how did Fergal not get a picture of this? <sighs> Drinking the, the green he ribbon. He has Jono behind the bar and just didn't get the green ribbon tap in. I was like, Fergal, I'm, I'm, I'm so frustrated right now. <laughs> Also, if you had gone down there to get the vo- the the soundboy, this is Aiden Gillen, or this is Littlefinger. Who would I have to get all three? Listening to Tales from the East End. What have you done, or was he in character? He, well, would he have jumped from the different ones? Because I would have wanted him to do Littlefinger, Carcetti. You're gonna cleanse the streets <laughs> of crime. I wanted, I wanted to get rid of. I, I would have wanted them all. Like, think about how. Much still, of a celebrity that guy is. I'm still going to wake up boy in a city that ain't Baltimore. <laughs> you were killing me, by the way. First of all, Cork, you you were in full social engineering, rallying the troops. Let's all go to the margin for points. I'm like, Gar, seriously? <laughs> I can't leave my house. I'm isolating. And then you're like, you form me a photo. Aiden Gillen is in the four provinces, 30 seconds from your house. And you're just sticking your head out. You're like, I'm you like, can probably see him. You can see his hair <laughs> bouncing around. I'm like, well, I'm not going to give a... A famous actor COVID, so I better, <laughs> better not head in there. Um, yeah, so yeah. the face of Green Ribbon, Aidan Gillen. Um, Klaxvik, prof, we spoke about earlier. Faroe Islands are guaranteed group stage football, hacking three all after extra time and penos, and then they beat Mole 2 1. So we spoke about that earlier on. A, a 
a crazy, crazy result in European football. Um, yeah. A quick quiz as well, Prof. Um, what have the? We're going to keep this answer. We're going to get people to forward this one into us. So tweet us. I actually, I'm normally terrible at these quizzes. You know, like those quizzes where it's like, uh, what do these players have in common? Or who's the only player to have done with it? I never get them. Yeah. When I saw this question, honestly, I got it in three seconds. Yeah. It's just something about it. It hit me. So this is a football related quiz, right? So quick quiz. Who have the following? What have the following countries got in common? Andorra, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Georgia, Iceland, Malta, Montenegro, Northern Ireland, San Marino, and Wales. So what have all those countries got football in football terms? What have they got? In well, common? if you were listening to what Gareth said a few seconds ago, the clue is there. Yeah, but um, it's a great question. Yeah. But then, well, we won't spoil it for people who want to have a, a brain teaser. Um, we also had Kevin Doherty turning down the Cork job. Yeah, their fans um, aren't happy. Cork Twitter is quite toxic. Um, Derm Usher getting a lot of flack. The team is poor. Um, they put it up to us. Didn't really create much. A couple of decent players, but they are. They're going to struggle. They're going to come up against a tough Waterford team, possibly or maybe Cove. You never know in the playoffs who are coming up. I want to ask you, does Larish watch Love Island and how is the Shelburne keeper getting on? I don't know, I, I don't watch that stuff at all, man. That's separate room stuff. Uh, she does watch it though. Yeah. Like most females, but it's uh, it's car crash television, man. I love that they chose him. I know, yeah. For Love Island. He's not even the best looking goalkeeper at Shelburne. <laughs> so Dundalk went out of the Conference League, 2 2 draw to Oriel, and Derry drew 3 3 in Finland and went through. So more games for Derry and a monster. Travel arrangement for them as well. They um they're off to Kazakhstan, so we had we even know the type of jet that they're on, prof. Thanks to the coefficient head case, he has graced us with his presence in the LMS group. Um, it's it's nuts. How the, the guts of a day traveling? It's not ideal at all. The Kazakhstan. Um, so they were set to play the home leg at Halle at the time of recording, but now they've requested Windsor Park. So I will hold off on all the jokes. Do you think this will happen? I, I think no. No, because they've, I, I think purely for the fact that they have to raise the tricolour alone and in, in in, that won't happen. You know what's like up in that neck of the woods? That issue alone could just cancel the whole thing. Yeah, it's a tricky one. <laughs> I think it would be Tala personally. Imagine just, having to travel. Just my home game. Um, weird one. Like, yeah, a lot of clubs have used Tala. So I think we have Pats, obviously. Uh, Drogheda used it against Malmo. Um, who else we got Dundalk obviously in the group stages so now we can add Derry to the list of uh, using Tata because their own grounds weren't up to scratch Absolutely. so we also being the first week of August that means English football was back so 3 o'clock on the Saturday everyone had their eyes on the updates, Soccer Saturday and all the ex-hoops around. So we had a couple of ones here. Yes, Bertie Carr setting up goals for Barnsley. In League 1, whipping in balls into the box. Out wide, he... 7-0 win against Port Vale is Barnsley started their season off. And poor Paul Merson tried to pronounce Oidemo Maku's name on Soccer Saturday. He's known as Oidemo. Back of his jersey, so <laughs> Oidemo. And he set up Mill. He did really well on the left-hand side. Stroked the ball in and a great finish. So Millwall 1-0 yeah. away. Win against Borough. Which is huge. So fair play to Oidmo getting stuck in. Um, off it, it, the, it was mad watching Cotter though, wasn't it? Cotter do something that we are missing. I know, and the, the debate came up then is could he have played a part in the last couple of weeks? And he probably could have because he's. Now, 
he's a uh, versatile is what we'll say um but off the ball prof this has gone down um more so like a like a ton of bricks they've gone behind a paywall and it's not gone down well on twitter i've seen a couple of positive responses to it but 9.99 a month is a lot that gets you netflix is it nine i thought it was a uh, fiver um, 9.99 a month off the bottom charge now it's a lot of money uh, fair enough they're trying to establish something and get themselves into the paid game but it's a it's a lot of money I think what it comes down to is are you willing to pay money to listen to Vinnie Perth no <laughs> yeah I think it comes down to that eventually because the, the big debate was around their experts in uh, commas they they hadn't got the experts and they hadn't got the analysis that people think that justifies a paywall so interesting stuff anyway um, Justin Ferzoi is set to join newly promoted Serie A outfit Frosinone Calcio on a long term contract so Justin hasn't played much for the team he's been in the 19s and um, yeah so he's gone to um, Serie A I think in the next couple of weeks it was in the examiner, wasn't it? There was a, there was a couple of pieces in the Irish examiner about Justin and this move. Um, you can tell by reading it, it's like it's like it's a little bit of a puff piece because, like, how can we take seriously that he's in the manager's plans? So that we'll have to wait and see on that one. Is yeah. he going to be playing first team football against AC Milan yeah, he, and Inter and Juventus? Is he going to go? Is he in going to win the first team? Months? Yeah, is it going to be reserves? Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, but. Yeah, wait and see on that one. It's a tricky um, one, already, Prof. It's probably, I think it might be announced in the coming days. It hasn't been announced as we record here and now, but yeah, looks like it's Academy it results, Prof, the Roadstone, the men's. On the 19s, lost 1 0 in Cove, a tough result down there. The women's 19s won 5 2 in Cork, and the rest of our Academy teams all enjoyed home wins at the Roadstone. 17s, 3 1 win over Treaty United, the 15s, 4 0 win over Treaty, and the 14s beat Dundalk 3 1. So positive results in the Roadstone, Prof. And yes, up next, we have the hotline. It's part two. Yellow. Hi, guys. Listen, thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Uh, Les McCormick here, first timer. Uh, bear with me on this uh, as I had to get my daughter to teach me how to do a voicemail, voice message. Where are you in Iceland? No, uh, I had planned to go, but um, I told my wife I was going. She says, if you're going, I'm going. So that pretty much ended that. I booked three return flights from Copenhagen uh, back to Dublin, and um, fortunately didn't get to use any of them. Um, but another day. Favourite rover story? Not really a story, but I'd have to say Braun if was probably one of the highlights for me. Um, what a great place. Um, Pico's last minute goal was just one of those really special emotional moments. I've had one or two in my life. Robbie Keane's goal against Germany and Japan and um, also 1988. But that trip um, and Pico's goal was just amazing. So one of my highlights away trip mishaps probably have to be Ghent. I booked a taxi with a couple of mates um, from Brussels, um, but missed, missed the taxi. So it cost me 180 euros then to go from 
Brussels to Ghent, um, which was wasn't a great start. Enjoyed the day, great day, crap, crap match. Got back to the hotel, pretty tired. Closed my eyes and mosquitoes in the room. So I'm not sure anybody else had them, but we had four or five of them and kept me up all night. And you think when you go to Belgium, you're not going to get mosquitoes, but it was and been enough very annoying now. Um, superstitions, I would tell my wife to record games for me. And I don't think yet, I haven't seen any of them because the media have been absolutely shite games or rubbish or losses. So I now just tell her not to record any games. Rover strengths to strengthen up the squad. Probably uh, feel sorry for Leon Poles. I think he's been doing really, really well, but I think we need another goalkeeper. Definitely a striker, if not two strikers. Uh, striker, bit of speed, uh, composure. Um, another Gaffney, um, which would be lovely. Uh, box-to-box man, midfielder. Sort of Gary O'Neill, sort of Greg Bulger type of guy in the middle but also box-to-box, and I could think we'd probably do with a younger, new centre-half, quick centre-half as well. So they'd be my options at the moment. Listen to the podcast, I have a Husky, and I'm bringing him out for a walk for about an hour and a half every morning. So generally I'd listen to the League of Ireland podcasts and then your podcast on probably Thursday and Friday, so that gets me through two walks. Um... Top three, my favourite podcast. The first one would probably be with uh, Dan Fulham and yourself. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. We was down in Westport or staying in Ackle and we just, it was pissing rain, so we decided to go to Westport for the day. Um, I thought it was a brilliant story. Uh, my wife was intrigued by it. Um, he spoke very well, very articulate. And I'm not sure I would have been as calm if I, as, as he was in that situation. So I really enjoyed that one. The one would have been McDara Ferris and yourselves. That was really good. Um, obviously, he's very informative about the history and everything about Europe. And the, the whole episode, the whole uh, podcast is really enjoyable. And the other one would have been Joe Hanrahan and Keith Dignam. That would have been my error. Now, there weren't two standout guys, but I do remember them and um, they were very good players. But I thought Keith Dignam was very funny and some great stories and I could relate to a lot of the stories. Your 500th episode is will be with Stephen Bradley discussing with yourselves our five in a row winning team and going through the team then. And also be joined with Joey O'Brien discussing our first double cup and league double since uh, in the last 40 years. TV series, um, I'm watching The Sopranos at the moment, um, which I really enjoyed. Not great on series, I tend to watch them and then stop watching them. So I'm a long way through this one. TV show and would be Modern Family, a bit embarrassed by that one, um, but it is what it is. That's my sense of humour and probably favourite movie would be The Hateful Eight. Nobody's ever seen it, an absolutely brilliant film. Uh, lots of twists and turns in it, so really well watching. Have you ever been on TV? No. I'm the guy that when he's in the picture, there's somebody's hand in front of him or a flag in front of him. Or when the camera spans a crowd, you might get my shoulder or I'm facing the other way. So 
any photograph I'm in, you can hardly see me. There's a big guy in front of me or just photographs of me. No, I've never been on TV. I'm not a collector of items. Um, I have a couple of jerseys, a lot of Rovers jerseys, a couple of Ireland jerseys and a few programmes. Uh, probably my claim to fame is of the 1988 Ireland soccer jersey and it still fits me. Listen, thanks very much. Really enjoy your podcast. You're doing a brilliant job, lads. Thank you very much. How are you, lads? Uh, Steve Jones here. Uh, let's get into this. I was in Reykjavik for the game and the highlight of my trip uh, unfortunately wasn't the football uh, let's just say it was a bit of extracurricular activity tourism let's just say of all my rovers in Europe uh, travels there actually hasn't been many I've missed out on a lot because of work but uh, I'm going to go back to answer number one and say Reykjavik and the extracurricular activity now I don't really go into details I leave that sort of thing for for the likes of Emma Wheatley you know to discuss her own uh, her own extracurricular activity on trips abroad uh, but uh, I don't travel until I've been fairly lucky I haven't had any mishaps I would say uh, on the road with Rovers but I certainly have been subjected to the many tales of woe from my dad back in the day including his infamous uh, Brandywell their car getting smashed up and left without uh, any glass in it and having to drive for them huddled together as the car sped back down from the north I wouldn't say I'm a superstitious person but I would say that I've learned never to bet on rovers no matter what just don't gamble when it comes to your own team I do think we need to strengthen uh, if I had to pick one position or a type of player I'd like to see, I'd love to see um, uh, a defensive midfielder, someone who really gets in there and, and breaks people up. I think we've got some lovely ball players, but I'd like to see a bit of a hatchet man in there for us, uh, just to just to stop us getting caught on a counter attack, um, as that seems to be the way most teams get to us in the league. I'm terrible for listening to the podcast I won't lie it's whenever I get a chance but I found myself tuning in at the airport as I've been travelling a lot lately again I've been terrible with listening to um, the podcast on a regular basis uh, but I really like the Desi Baker interview that was done recently Um, obviously I work in theatre and film and TV but I've had very little time to get stuck into some movies and TV shows recently. I did go and see Oppenheimer twice and I uh, thought it was sensational. And TV show I've been watching recently is The Bear, which is quite good. Um, I just finished watching a documentary by um, an Irish filmmaker on Netflix called The Deepest Breath. Terrifying stuff. Wouldn't recommend it if you're a claustrophobic type person or afraid of the sea. <laughs> Question nine. Yes, I have been on TV myself, um, in adverts and movies on TV shows, uh, and I have been interviewed in the news as well. So I'm hitting the full spectrum there, lads. Probably the most well-known credit on my CV would be Love Hate, where I played one of Nidge's gang, Brian the Barman. Uh, probably the biggest role I had was on Red Rock on Virgin Media, playing the. Uh, the notorious drug dealer, Francis Laserborn.
Oh, and I also should get a plug in here, have my own television show that I wrote called Northern Lights. That'll be out in November, so uh, tune in, Tifties fans, please, and thanks. I'm a big collector of football jerseys. Uh, I think there's over 200 in the collection now. Try to pick them up wherever I go in the world, or uh, iconic ones from, you know, from uh, from all over the place uh, and any era. And nerdy non-football memorabilia. I have kind of um, scrapbooks of everything I've done in terms of my career, from you know tickets to shows, reviews, pictures, programs, and they're all on old school uh, scrapbooks, Pritt sticked in. And uh, yeah, one for the grandkids uh, if I ever have them. Cheers, boys. Hi, uh, this is uh, Jim Conroy. Just a few questions here. I'll do, I'll do my best to answer them. I'll do as best I can. Yeah, I haven't been on any of the Euro trips in recent years, but but uh, I was lucky enough to be on a good few of them in, in the past, you know. But uh, like I, I wasn't, as I say, I wasn't in Reykjavik or in Budapest. So I was in Budapest in '85 when we played Hanved, which was quite a memorable trip. That was back in the behind the iron curtain days and all that. It, it was it was it was a it was a marvelous trip. It was a bit of an adventure in them days. You had to get the visa from London and all that. It, it was it was a kind of a mad trip that one, but very 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 enjoyable and a very happy memory the most enjoyable trip to europe now that is it that's a good one i was looking over as i say to be on a few of them and i, I think um izmir sitting in 1998 was was kind of special it, because the club was kind of struggling at that time you know the uh, in fact the club hadn't as you'd say they hadn't got a pot to piss in but Joe, Joe um, I always remember Joe Caldwell, Joe, the late Joe Caldwell. Joe stepped in and he was the chairman and he led us off. He led us off to Izmir to, to play Alte Spar, and uh, and it was it was it was a marvel. It was just a marvelous trip. There was a great atmosphere in it, you know, like we had Joe and as I say, who's no longer with us, and neither is Dennis Deering. Dennis, the late Dennis Deering, what a character. Tony Pender. Paul Whelan, what what a great man to have around, and and of course the legendary Beach Boys. So, so how could you not enjoy a trip when you had when you had them on board, you know? And of course, uh, like my brother Tommy Conroy, and there was Mick Cairns. We we kind of had to pass ourselves off as directors because the the, the the club was in a little bit of disarray. So we were kind of directors, like I was the owner of Woody's DIY and all that. So they they they, they were all calling me Mister Woody, all the the Altes for people, and 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 they just kept pouring drink into me. So I I'd no complaints about that. But um, as I say, it was it was a marvelous trip, and as I say, the fans we were with the team all the time, and in fact we had to help out. And 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 we we went a long way to get to to get to to, to get to Izmir. Oh God, on and off planes, carrying carrying all the gear now. But it, it was a rewarding trip. But they played very well over there as well. And we we were. I know we lost three one. We got the away goal, and then we we hit the, we hit the crossbar as well. And we beat them three one at home. And we were we were we were knocked out for the goal an extra time. We, we, sadly, we, we we were we were down to ten men. But it, it was it, it was a, a really marvelous performance. Oh just, oh, just a quick word, last word on Europe, really. The, uh, I had to mention the Gardic trip in 94. I'm sure people, every, anyone who was on that will agree. And George Bourne always said that that was a great trip. <laughs> it was a brilliant trip, the Gardic trip in 94. I had to mention that one. 
Now, mishaps, I'll just, I, I won't stay long on this one. The, the mishaps, yeah, Waterford 78, January 78, me birthday down to Waterford. And of course, Sid Wallace got the winning goal for Waterford. Uh, nice little birthday present for me. And then we had a load of drink after the match, loads and loads of bottles of stout with the Waterford fans and great old crack. And of course, we, we went back by car. And of course, in them days, it was, there was very little drink driving laws and all that. And uh, oh my God, we crashed on the way back through a fence, ended up in a farmer's field, and we'd no money and no fault. There was no mobile phones, remember, in them days or anything like that. I think we got back to Dublin eventually on the, on the Wednesday, but it was that was a mad trip. As I say, the less said about that one, the better, you know. Question number four superstitions. Nah, I'm not really. A, I'm not a superstitious person. Not it. No, no, not, not superstitious. But one thing, I hate being late for a game. If I'm late for a game, I, I can never really tune into it properly. I can never connect with the game fully. That, that's strange, but it's it's true. Yeah, strange but true. Number five, squad. Well, the squad always needs improvements. That's the same. Any any club that's worth its salt, you know, you always you always trying to improve. But but I think at the moment, as I say, we haven't been playing too well. We were a little bit better against Cork, but uh, we, we we'll find our form again, and hopefully we can go on and win the, the four in a row. You see, the next ten games is a huge test for the players. The players should thrive on this. We 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 know at the end of the season the players that 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 have it, the players that the players that maybe have lost. We'll judge all that at the end of the season. We've had a great few years, so we can't complain too much about things. You know, it's a, it, it, it's, it's been a great time for the club. Now, let's see. Number six. Watching, or sorry, listening to, to Tifties. Oh, my God, I must be the most boring man in Ireland. I just like to be on my own, no one around, and I'd put it on the loudspeaker, put my feet up, and I'd listen to it all in one listen. And I, I think it's a great it's a great way for me because I live a good bit away from Tallis, so it's a nice way of keeping in touch with, with, with what's going on in, in the club. I, I do. I have to admit, I look forward to, to Tifties every week. It's 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 very enjoyable. Now the next one is the the Tifties. My favourite episodes. Ah, well, number one has to be the the seventies. The seventies was great. Old friends of mine, J- uh, Martin Moore uh, and John and, and John Bourne. In fact, I met I met Martin last Sunday. Got into the match, <laughs> got into the match, the match in, uh, against Cork in Tallinn. Uh, I asked him for his autograph, and the look he gave me was priceless. Typical Martin Moore, you know. Like I know Martin a long, long time, and he's a great hooper and a great friend. And I thought the two of them done brilliant on 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 the podcast. Uh, looking back on the seventies, my second favorite actually was was the Richard. The Richard Brush interview was very good. A really, um, I, I loved his his outlook on life. He's a great outlook on life, and I thought it was a very entertaining, very interesting interview. Richard's a bit, he's a bit different than our usual footballer, isn't he? Is is a top provoking a lot of stuff he said. I thought it was a brilliant interview. Me third favourite was Dignam and Hanrahan, the, the UCD lads. Very modest, very very modest uh, people. You know, they were a, they, they were a marv- They were a, they were a really good team that, that 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 beat us in the cup final in '84. And 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 like people go on as if it was the greatest sensation of all time. Now people who watched the football that time will tell you, UCD were 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 a very good side. And in fact, they proved it against Everton. Sure, didn't they go over and as they said in the podcast, like they went, oh, should they drew and Goodis? Are they drew and Talk and only last by one goal in in Goodison against? 
against a really good Everton side. So that UCD team and we're, we're a very good side. And as I say, Dignam and Hanrahan were, were very, very good footballers. And I'll just on the on the podcast, I'll allow me a fourth one. Just Desi Baker was very good as well. Desi, a lovely fella, Desi, and I was. Yeah, it was also very good to be brother John, my late brother John, he, very kind, nice fella. Yes, Desi Baker, what a man. Now, number seven, here we go, what are we on to now? Oh, yes, Tifty's 250. Now, how could I forget this one? In 2029. Now, that really depends. Now, on, it really depends on who Harry Moore wants to invite on, you know? I'd say he'll probably invite uh, Gary P and the, and the prof. I'd say there's a good chance he'll have he'll have Gary P and the prof on, and then he'll he'll have a he'll probably have Stephen Bradley on to discuss the prospects of maybe completing the ten in a row. Like that that'd be an interesting discussion. But the thing is, you see, to be a background two, probably a fan on rest. Knowing the Rovers fans, they're never happy. They, 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 uh, Stephen Brady will probably have to answer questions about why we haven't quite landed the Champions League like after a few misses and, and maybe our, our, our prospects uh, of actually reaching the Holy Grail there, you know. Very hard to keep the Hoopers happy. Of course, at the end of the program, then he'll probably finish with Alan Manis, who who probably who who'd probably be just about announcing his retirement, and and he'd be talking about his future. That 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 that'd be a very interesting program. I'm really looking forward to that one, actually. You know. Now we're getting there. Number eight. <laughs> the amount of questions. I'm not a great TV watcher. Oh my god, I, I, I'm not a great TV watcher. No, the soaps and all that. Oh my god, I couldn't watch any of them. They're very depressing. I'm not going to go into that too much, but it's awful. And sometimes I'd watch a bit, a bit of telly. You know, I'd watch the old episodes of Heartbeats and Frost. But the one I'd look out for now, I love Columbo. I love Columbo because I'd, I'd watch them for a few hours. I'd watch one or two or three of them in a row, you know. I always say Columbo was a detective. He was like, very like Mick Leach. Everyone thinks he's doing nothing, and they're all saying, "Ah, oh, where is he? What's he doing?" And then at the end, he he, he comes, he comes through, and he'd like like Leachy used to do that. He get he get he get a couple of goals near the end. Columbo's the same as a detective, and I I love I love I love Peter Falk, and ah, great a great program, you know. As regards films, I, I, I like I like some of the older films, but in the modern era, I I, I enjoyed Downfall with, with Bruno Gatz. I, I thought he was brilliant in that. Remember Hitler in the bunker and all that. But of course, it was it was, um, it was surpassed by the skit when Roberts beat Bowles three 0 with the ten men and Tala. It was brilliant that the this skit and slag slagging the Bowles. I really I really I can't watch the film now without remembering the Rovers the Rovers version, you know. Now, my uh, first TV appearance, oh my God, this is a sad one. It was in 1970, and, there, and it was Rovers were beaten 5-0 by Shelburne in Talca Park. We got a terrible hiding, 5-0, and there was me. It was on the telly that night, they showed the highlights, and there was me sitting on the wall with me with me Rovers bar scarf on me and a big sad face in me and, and of course sporting me Joe 90 glasses that all the young fellas wore in them days. That was my first appearance. My second and I think probably my final appearance on the telly was in the was was in eighty seven. Remember we were on today tonight and we done the interviews and all that. That was a great that was a great old day because uh, and because uh, RTE in them days, yeah 
they they spent the money on the from the license fees very well at that in the in the eighties because I remember they, they, they we were in Humphreys in Randall and 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 they and they filled us with beer for for most of the afternoon and so we had a good few points on us so, so they even got us to sing to sing a song a silly old ditty song on the program and we were all well tuned into we were all well warmed up for the interviews but good old RTE they were the gl- the glory days I remember we had Dermot Morgan in with his guitar Dermot Dermot was great crack he he was he liked Rovers, but I think he was mainly a UCD fan. But he, he liked the hoops, I and mean, we had great crack with him. And I always remember Nick Coffey from RTE, who was, who was a great Dundalk fan. I used to tell him his program when he was the games, and and he was there. That was that was a great old day, you know. And, and I watched that program, funny enough, in Limerick. I was working down in Limerick, and I was hiding in a corner of the pub, and I had it on, and there's me watching it. And I was with me mate, and we were knocking back a few points. And actually, eventually, he points out to all the locals, oh, there he is, and there's me sitting there trying to hide. And I, t- I said, oh, my God, I'm going to get a hiding here, because in them days, there used to be murder at the Rovers' Limerick matches. And if you remember, the, the second great battle at the Marcus Field was only three years before that. And, oh, my God, there were mad days. But it ended up and this is oh my god i had to get out of here but no the people came over and shook me hands they shook hands and congratulated me and and actually plenty of free beer they were buying me points and all i had a great night that night and you know actually limerick a mad town but a great crack walking down there won't say a bad word about the place now the last and not least Collecting. Ah, no, I'm a different for collecting. Yeah, I'm collecting Robert stuff since as a kid. Programs. I think I've newspaper cuts from every game. Even even 75, 76, and we only won four matches all season. I still have all the match reports and all. I had them all here. I'm a bit of a saddle that way. But uh, but I had them catalogued and all that. And and, and uh, I'd be happy enough to help out people sometimes when they're looking for information on the club and that. You know, it, it's I'm, I'm glad I kept the stuff. I, I and I I still collect me, me me few match reports after every game to this day. I, I still do the same thing, you know. I also like the music. I, I, I collect uh, Who stuff. I love Keep Moon and The Who and all that. And I, I collect Who stuff. I jays have tons of stuff in The Who and The Velvet Underground. I'm a huge fan of the of of, of Lou Reed and the, and the Velvet the Velvet Underground. Lou Reed. I've a love hate relationship with Lou Reed. I can still not. I don't know what to make of the guy, but he was a bloody genius. I say that for him, you know. Finally, I just want to t- t- thanks to Carl and uh, to, to Carl and, and Gary for inviting me on to to to, to say the few words, and uh, hopefully we can go on and win the four the four in a row. Keep on hooping, keep on hooping. Hi lads, Ryan McMullen and my mum Tracy here. Thanks for having us on the podcast. Sorry if I get a bit flummoxed or anything answering some of these questions. I struggle a bit with social anxiety, so um, just wanted to put that out there before we start. Uh, uh, in terms of the trips this year, we did both Reykjavik and Budapest. I'd say the highlights for me was definitely the night before the game in Budapest. After going to the Runes Bar, a few of us ended up in this karaoke bar at about 2 or 3 in the morning. And um, I'm going to blame Graham Moran here off the media team. He kind of forced me up to sing build me up buttercup on the stage so yeah that was a really good night and probably my highlight of the trips this year for me it was Reykjavik I am um, absolutely loved it we did the golden circle tour Iceland is one of those places that has been on the list of places to see 
So yeah, didn't think I'd get to see it this year. Also, just doing the trips with Ryan is a highlight for me because I'm aware that maybe next year, the year after, definitely he'll be on his own. He won't need me nor want me. So yeah, spending a bit of time doing the trips with him is good. I'd say my favourite Rovers in Europe story would definitely be just being in North Macedonia last year and seeing us qualify for the group stages. Obviously, there wasn't that big a crowd out there because it was quite hard to get to. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed that trip and it was a special feeling seeing us qualify for the group stages. And um, in, in, in somewhere it'd probably never go otherwise and it actually ended up being a really nice city. So yeah, Skopje for me was... That definitely one of my favourite rovers in Europe stories. Uh, same as Ryan, North Macedonia was my favourite. Malta had been my first trip and I was absolutely terrified because I didn't know a soul, didn't know what to expect. Never in a million years thought I'd be doing football trips. But hey, here we are. Um, then we went to North Macedonia and it was a really, really small crowd. So I kind of got speaking to a lot of people and they made me feel so comfortable. And then going forward, the trips were a lot easier. So yeah, definitely North Macedonia for me. My biggest away day mishap, it would have been in Bulgaria last year. I did that trip with my dad who lives in London. Obviously, it's nothing compared to what else happened out there with in terms of Dan and with the passport and that. But um. Yeah, we were get, we stayed in Rosgrad the night of the match and we were getting a train to Bucharest the following day. And I think the train was meant to take three hours. It ended up taking about seven or eight. So as a result, we missed our flight that evening. And um, I, I think that the flight we rebooked on was then delayed till about 12 or one o'clock in the morning. So I didn't get back to London till about four before having to fly back to Dublin. So um, yeah, that, that, that was probably my biggest mishap i don't think i've had many mishaps really apart from being ripped off in taxis a couple of times going in the wrong direction on the tram in stockholm other than that nothing major thankfully i'd say i am a superstitious person recently i started doing the mac report for the club website and uh, the first game i did was the dundalk game in the league where we lost two now uh, so um, up until yesterday against Cork, we hadn't uh, actually we hadn't actually won a game since then. So yeah, I'd say I'm a bit superstitious, and that would probably be an example. I wouldn't normally say I'm a superstitious person. However, I normally take my dad up to the home games in Tala. Recently, he's had an ear replacement, so he's been out of action for a while. And I have noticed since he's not been going to the games, we've kind of gone downhill. So, yeah, I think we need to get him back up to Talisoon and get back to the winning ways. I'd say Rovers do need to strengthen the squad in the off-season. I think it'll be very big in terms of coming to Gongs, but um, I've really liked looking Naj and Liam Burt recently, so... I, I thought they've done very well. So I think we do need to strengthen the squad in the off-season, but probably not as much as some people are making out. And Because um, I think we've some very good young players coming through. So, yeah. Well, I can't really talk football. Certainly not the way you lot can. 
But I have noticed he's been bringing the young lads on in the last couple of games, and I think that's really good going forward. Uh, usually I, I'd listen to Tifty's after it comes out. Uh, I probably shouldn't be saying it on here, but it would be in school. Um, basically, we we don't use workbooks in my school. We use iPads. So sometimes I'd, um, when the podcast comes out, I wouldn't... Act- I, 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 I'd be doing stuff I shouldn't be on the iPad and listening to the podcast. So, um, yeah, that's where I'd usually listen to it. I'd say um, my top three favourite interviews would be... Uh, I really like Dan's, the, inter- the podcast with Dan, uh, hearing his side of the story about, uh, about what happened in Bulgaria. I thought it was very interesting to hear fr- from his point of view. Uh, then um, I really enjoyed the 250th episode with McDara and the Desi Baker interview. That was I really enjoyed that podcast, even it even though it took me a very long time to listen to it. And then I also liked the European experts. I think they're very good, and it's great to get an insight of where you're going or the team you're playing before you head over. So um, yeah, I th- I think it's great when you have them on before the European games uh, for in, for the 500 podcast that's due there in 2029 I'm not sure about guests to be honest because you've had almost everyone I can think of on but um, maybe some sort of live show I'm not really too sure but um, yeah I'm looking forward to listening to it when it does air eventually anyway um, uh, some of my favourite movies or TV series would be um, I don't really watch much t- TV but um, a, couple, a while back I started The Inbetweeners and uh, probably finished all the series and the two movies in about three days so I really I re- really enjoyed watching them so uh, yeah um, that would probably be my favourite ser- TV series Wouldn't be a huge TV person really Um. Uh, basically just the soaps. I like the British dramas, the likes of Happy Valley and the Line of Duty, those type of things. But no, it wouldn't be huge on the TV now. Um, no, I haven't actually been on TV ever. Um, the, the closest I'd be to, say, being on TV would probably be if I was if they showed the crowd at a Rovers game or, uh, and I was seeing it, but I've never been interviewed or actually been on TV properly before. So, No, I've never been on TV either. Not yet, anyway. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a big collector of things, but this year I, I've been trying to get every, every single hoop scene at all the home games. So, um, yeah, I've been getting all them... So, but so I wouldn't really collect things, but uh, this year I've started collecting them because um, I really enjoy reading them. I, I think Jason Maloney's articles are very very good and a great read every week. So so yeah, um, I won't be a big collector, but trying to collect them at the moment. No, I wouldn't be a collector of anything at all. Okay, thanks for having us on, lads and Koh. So, Prof, bit of culture on this one. We have Les, we have Jonesy, Jim Conroy, and Ryan and Tracy, mother and son, 
duo. So some really, really good Who stuff. Possibly stole the show. Um, I think they did. Jim Conroy is Jim Conroy. He's just yeah. the man's a legend. But so many um, questions. <laughs> Jeez, the amount of questions. Uh, also, the only man who's allowed to go over the ten minute uh, time limit. Yeah, he's just he's allowed. I think what I loved about Ryan and Tracy is the fact that they've they felt. Not that I loved the fact that they felt intimidated and slightly on the way mm. games, but they were taken in by the Rovers crowd and now they feel at ease. I think that's that's one of the big things that I took from that. It was really good. Yeah, they said that um, they specifically mentioned the North Macedonia trip because that was a smaller crowd. So obviously you do get to know people in that sort of situation. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing them at the Dubliner in uh, Reykjavik on the most recent trip. And I remember looking at them and I knew they'd been to all seven last year and they've been to two this year. So they did all nine, which is impressive. very impressive to do all nine. And uh, So there were two people I wanted to get on this hotline. And uh, Ryan saying that he had social anxiety, that just hit me. I was like, wow, I remember what that feels like. <laughs> Uh, I'm that, not laughing at I'm just laughing at prof, <laughs> yeah. prof's evolution here. Yeah, especially <laughs> at that age. And the superstition question I liked I liked a lot of these answers and Ryan said he's been doing the match reports on the website and ever since he's been writing them I think he said he might have started at Dundalk which was kind of the big beginning of the run. Yeah. It's funny how something as small as that jokingly or otherwise you can actually start to think isn't it funny how the run began when I did X, Y and Z? I have my own thing with that as well, which I will talk about another day where something changed in my life the moment this run began. And I'm <laughs> like, is this real? And I'm not I'm not superstitious, but uh with Jonesy probably yeah, yeah, like earlier we had Luke, he said he doesn't watch penalties, so I I like somebody's superstition. Jonesy the most travelled man at Rovers right now. Um You'd, no, you'd, you'd be texting back and forth every so often. I'd be like, yeah, a little nudge. I was like, how's the hotline company? He goes, I'm just in Portugal now. I was like, it was fucking France last week, the week before that, or somewhere else. I love it, and he's very cute when it comes to getting flights and stuff like that. He loves that. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, loves a bargain. Yeah. Good old Jonesy, the most travelled man. Bit of a. Uh, in Rovers. Bit of flirting with the weeds there, I noticed. <laughs> bit, of, bit of flirting with the tourism and the, and, and the sightseeing and all that. Um, so brilliant stuff from yeah. everybody anyway thanks again for the hotline and yeah and so just Jim, to recap Jim, Jim Conroy Mick Leach Colombo Mick, yeah. I've never heard those two when he heard, when he heard a heartbeat I just started laughing I was like it's so old school man <laughs> oh what a man yeah. what a man so big shout out to everybody on the hotline but prop next up a very very important starting 11s and predictions <laughs> the scribbling Scribbling is happening. I'm scribbling away here, as usual. Yeah, so Manus, Manus starts for me. We won't delve into that one, Prof. It's going to be Grace Pico and Cleary. Uh, we spoke about the centre midfield battle. And I've been scribbling away here with Tell and Watts. And I think it's going to have to be Tell because we spoke about previously the two of them played well together. And I think, I think we're going to give them a chance there. But we spoke about the creative gap that is left when Jack leaves and Watts is probably more suited to that. But... I'm going to go Towle and Gary O'Neill. Cavo on the left and on the right. Bort Gaff and Bort Prof. You've we were just talking off air there about last time on Talca Park and the tight pitch. And I'm trying to think. I remember Cavo on the left side. I remember Frugia. 
I can't remember who started the game now, but I just remember none of them being particularly effective that no. in that in that game. No. Um, we're also talking about when when Friuger comes back. Do you think he'll slot right into left wing back? I think he'll go straight into wherever is free and whatever position is there because a fifth Rouge plays. Simple. Because, unfortunately, mm. the other t- players are doing jobs, which we spoke about earlier. So you put him in, mm. he's he's the danger man. I would not like to see Poom there for the last 10 games of the season. Anyway, left wing back. Um, if if Poom was playing, I want to see him send him mid. Um, your team there, I'm only making one change. I'm choosing Watts instead of Towel. That's the one I was uh, in two minds about, Prof. So yeah, other than that, I I feel that is the best eleven we've got at the moment. Uh, I'm going to say yeah, I'm on board with Bert. I think he's going to get another goal, so I'm going to say two one. Bert the first one, Gaffney the second. I'll say one 0 Bert win and a tight one out in Tolka Park with a thousand hoops present, Prof. We will be in the Mill Mount having a point beforehand. You're welcome to join. Um, Get yourself out. Familiarise yourself with some new hoops. And uh, we will hope to see you out talking. So that's it for this week. And keep on hooping. See ya.